This is Real Talk Real Talk Radio This is Real Talk High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk Real Talk This is Real Talk Real Talk Radio This is Real Talk High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk Real Talk Shaft. <laughs> you would think for as many episodes as we have done together, this, 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 this would 
But every episode, same thing. Same you thing. started it this actually tell me when you said it came on for all right, all right, all right. <laughs> that was it went down here. I from say there. all right, all right, all right. Every episode. I don't remember. I that. open it up and I come I don't back from the last episode. And I come back from the commercials the same way. When we have our sponsor kick off, I come back with all right, all right. And every it's I never every that. episode. I don't recount. I, maybe one or two I haven't done, but every episode that all right, all right's in there. It's, I don't even know why I do it. It's there. Kevin Hart. No, I was like Kevin Hart, but whatever. You know, you're a Kevin Hart fan. It rubbed off on you. Yeah, I'm a Kevin Hart fan. He ain't rubbed off on me. I ain't been listening to Kevin Hart long enough for it to rub off on me. You don't and you only get it one uh one special. It's not like it's not like it's his catchphrase. You sure? I know. All right, so go ahead and get it the first topic. This was a hard week trying to come up with some with some topics for us. The banter was easy. The topics this week was they was hell. Uh, so we're gonna see how this works. <laughs> I'm really I'm really more excited to get the banter this week than I am the topics, but we'll see how this works out. Oh, uh, here's the first topic. Why is believing in yourself so hard? So many people believe in everybody else will probably even support other people. But when it comes time for them to be the one to do what they need to do, every excuse in the book. So what is it that stops people from believing in themselves and taking the steps to do what they need to do? Because if we take it from a biblical perspective, we're all called to a purpose. We're all called to do something. Right? And the Bible talks about how our gift will make room for us and bring us before greatness. Mm-hmm. So if we utilize our gift while trying to walk in our purpose, we should not be in the situations that we're in oftentimes. Not that we don't, not that struggle is not going to happen because part of struggling helps forge you and make you and all that stuff. I get it. Mm-hmm. But why is it that even though the Bible says these things, we still have a hard time saying, okay, God believes in me. He put this in me. Let's go ahead and do it. I can't be the only one who, who deals and sees it and sees this all the time. I think um, I think the biggest element of it is fear. Okay. And from a fear standpoint, I think if we're going to own in into a, a more tailored discussion of fear, it's the fear of the unknown. Okay. It's so easy for us to believe and see for others and what they do, but they're the element of the unknown when it comes to doing it for myself. And even me, in so many different ways, I still struggle with that element of fear. Mm-hmm. The fear of the unknown. Fear, fear of not knowing how I'm going to be received. Whether or not I'm adequate enough. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not I'll be taken seriously or whether or not I can commit to it. There's just a lot of Things goes into that. So I think that for a lot of people, the biggest thing is overcoming the fear of the unknown. Okay. And I think what people fail to realize is that, and what I've come to realize, is that that fear of the unknown is what helps me to realize that I'm in the right place at the right time. Because if I can feel my way around it, or I know what I'm doing, and I can trust in myself and lean and depend on myself, then nine times out of ten, I'm not operating in his will and purpose. Mm-hmm. 
But when I have to completely, totally lean and depend on him and what he's instructing me to do without having a blueprint, a format, seeing it been done, um, and I'm, I'm dealing with that right now because God gave me a vision and it's very progressive and it doesn't look like what churches normally look like. But because of my fear of the unknown, what it does is it causes me to regress into a lot of traditional ways of doing and thinking. Mm -hmm. And so what I've realized is that for the past, what is this, September? Mm -hmm. Last December? Mm -hmm. For the past nine months, I've been operating. And though for a lot of people, they will see it as, well-intentioned, doing good for the kingdom, it's not what God gave me to do right. because of that fear of the unknown. I'm in a new place. God has given me a fresh vision to do a new type of ministry, and yet the people that I'm surrounded by are used to traditional church settings. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I had to realize is that my vision or what God gave me was not for church people. And so in order for me to embrace that and to really understand the importance of me doing what it is that I'm purposed to do is that if I don't, it doesn't get done. And so now I have to deal with whether or not the blood is going to be on my hands if I don't execute in a way that God has purposed me to do it. And so... Those are things that kind of plays into it, but I get it from that fear standpoint. That fear of the unknown can very can be a very detrimental thing to somebody's purpose and God's plan for their lives because we're trying to figure out how we're going to do it, what it's going to look like, mm -hmm. and we have to realize is that just like any vision God has given, somebody had to do it the first time. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, I think that people need to realize. What better position for you to be in to be the first person to do something that God gave you fresh? Mm -hmm. okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah, and not go. only that, to piggyback on that, but knowing that is that when you came here, everything went fast. And I think I think that's what the battle is, that is what God is doing with a lot of people now in ministry that's progressive, not only is it never been done before, but it's quick. You know what I'm saying? I'm when I got to Atlanta, I'm thinking stuff's going to take two, three years. What's happening in two, three months? So not only you have the magnitude of that weight, but it's the momentum, it's the speed, and those that do grab it are like, when are you doing it? Mm -hmm. And so now you're like, oh, man, I'm thinking I got a year or something like that. It's like now you got a couple of weeks. So it's, I, I, it's, it's the fear of the unknown. And then when you do do it, it's now the fear of execution of it. Because you can have a game plan in your mind, think it out, write it out, have it strategized. But sometimes when you're really in the vein of God and it's the now moment, now time, things can be sped up. And if it was a true vision from God, the Bible says in the book of Rebecca, you write the vision out, make it plain for those that run with it. Visionaries are not meant to carry vision by themselves. That's right. Because the weight of a vision by one person is too big for one person to and there needs to be assistance in that. And people have to have maturity enough 
to embrace the vision because that vision is ministered to the corner of their life. And they can see that vision amplifying what God has called them to do. And I think one fear is that sometimes people have feared that fear they have failed before. And so if I try to do this again in a different place or a different setting, I'm older, I'm this, I'm that, it's these variables that makes people afraid to try to do something again. And that can be, you know, there's plenty of people I know that have started churches, shut down churches for but money, members stop coming. So when they try to do it again, it's that fear of, will this happen again? Because I'm the same person, I'm the same this. So, you know, a lot of that uh, inward battling that we have to deal with and control that and really plow through that is kind of the biggest battle going through those things. I think you said something very important, too, and I think that because a lot of people will shun that type of thinking, but realistically it is a real um, it is a real fear. Because like you said, the Bible says, write the vision, make it plain. That seems like the easy part, right? Mm-hmm. But then it's that so that the people will run with it. Mm-hmm. And people need to understand is that when God gives you a vision, the expectation is, is that you can be able to convey it in a way that invites other people to partner in that vision for you. Mm-hmm. So what makes me makes it complicated for me to do what God showed me mm-hmm. sometimes is fear that I won't have the help that I need to see it come to pass. Mm-hmm. Because whether we want to acknowledge it or not, we need help. And I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. He may have given me a vision for something, but I, don't mean, I may not have all the pieces. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And this is why, you know, I have so much respect for the business side of ministry. Right. And I, and I won't get into the fact that I don't feel like worship should be a part of the business side of it. But um, the business side is so essential because what you're essentially saying <coughs> is that I need other pieces to be able to execute the ministry side of what God has given me. Mm-hmm. This is why you have people who are in charge of magnification or mm-hmm. life development or uh, crisis and grief recovery and all these other kind of head deacons and yep. head mothers and all this other because the pastor cannot be everywhere can't do at all times. We, mm-hmm. Omniscience and omnipresence mm-hmm. is a limitation that only God has. Yep. That that was never my, my limitation. He's the only person that has it. Mm-hmm. It's omnipresence. And that's, I wish people would really get that concept when it comes to talking about the devil too. But that's another discussion. <laughs> right. Because he can't be everywhere at all times. So he can't be messing with everybody at the same time. Right. He doesn't have that power. The truth of the matter is, how the folks that say he messing with them, he ain't messing with them. He ain't touched them. He ain't, they, well, you got the right to his kingdom. A lot of but, them. Hold on. I'm going to stay on top. It's easy for us to get off. But, uh, but no, seriously. Omnipresence is a quality that only God possesses. Absolutely. And so when you understand that, you really have to, because I think the problem is, is that you get a lot of people who get a vision, and they try to tap into God's omnipresence, which means that I'm trying to do all the things. I'm trying to be everywhere. I'm mm-hmm. trying to do, But no, God said so that the people could run with it, mm-hmm. meaning that he, he intended for you to solicit help. Mm-hmm. But that's another thing, is that some of us, we have an issue with soliciting help. Mm-hmm. We, have, it's, we have a hard time asking for help. I'll tell you the part of that aspect and that thing is because we don't want to be seen as begging. We have we have misconstrued 
for help to the I'm begging you and no one wants to treat you maybe be seen as the beggar or the fact of, of my, one of my favorites is I don't ask for help because every time I do, the person I'm asking would they help me and throw it back up in my face. Mm-hmm. And I've started, I've, I've well, got that, to The question is, did that, did that really help then? Well, see, here's my thing, though. I don't care. Mm-hmm. If you help me and you want to throw it back up and tell everybody, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Because I got what I needed from you. Right. You do whatever you need to do because now what you do after that affects your blessing. Mm-hmm. You would be blessed because you gave to me or you helped me, you assisted me. There's a blessing that's supposed to get ready to come your way. But if you make it public and do, you've already gotten your blessing by, by the applause, by the oh my God, I don't care. I got what I need. Mm-hmm. I've come to that point. I don't, care, I don't care what you do with it. You, you want to brag about it? Go ahead and brag about it. Don't, don't bother me. I, but I think a lot of people ha- haven't gotten to that place because they don't want everybody else knowing the fact that they need help. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a person across the, that has ever lived that has not needed some kind of help. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want to come back to the fear thing because another thing that hit me in terms of why this is why this is becoming a problem or is a problem um, among people as a whole. I think we're just too doggone comfortable. In order to believe in yourself and step out and do something, you have to be uncomfortable because that unknown is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That that step out is very uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. do I deal with the devil I know or the devil I don't know? I said this last week in my, in my message. I don't know why you're dealing with the devil at all. But since people love to de- use the cliche, I'd rather deal with the devil I know as opposed to the devil I don't. It's stupid. I know you punched me in the face. So I'm going to stand here and keep getting punched in the face as opposed to try and deal with somebody else who may or may not punch me in the face. Mm-hmm. I'd rather take the may or may not punch in the face as opposed to the guaranteed punch in the face. I, that's just me. So, like, why why not get out of your comfort zone? The reality is your discomfort, you become comfortable in your discomfort. One of my, mm-hmm. one of my members who is, is in therapy was telling me something that their therapist said that for them was mind-blowing. And for me, I was like, that's common sense, but maybe... Maybe because of where I'm at, I'm just thinking differently, and this mm-hmm. is less common sense than I think it is. The The entirety of the purpose of discomfort is to make you move. Mm-hmm. You lay in bed, and you are uncomfortable for a while. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to move, you're, gonna move. you're going to move. Yep. Because you're trying to find the comfortable spot. Yep. Mm-hmm. What we have done is we have become comfortable in our discomfort. I know this discomfort. I hate this place. I hate this job. I hate this whatever. And that's God trying to tell you. It's getting good, Jesse. I'm pulling out the snack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to show you looking like he's pulling out some snack. He got a Gatorade. His second Gatorade. But I ain't even mad at you. I ain't even mad at you. I got a Reese's cup of Doritos sitting over here that I, that I can't eat right now because I'm waiting on my drink. But, like, you know, you get you get uncomfortable. <laughs> you have probably... That's why you came late to get snacks. <laughs> I, if I had known that, I'd have asked you to bring me a pop. I'm like, I'm going to stop. Hey, by the way, this is same as blood. That pumpkin pretzel in QT is amazing. The what? The pumpkin, the pumpkin, pumpkin pretzel. pretzel. Why, why is pie pie in the pie in good conversation to promote QT, who ain't giving us a dime? white people pretzel. already a white thing. You're going to make it white white. I've been on a pretzel cake the whole week. I've, been, I've probably had 20. That, 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 
that's your question every time we go to Taco Mac. I don't even think he dips his pretzel in the cheese sauce. No, I'm dipping his mustard. I don't do cheese. I don't even eat pretzels. I know you should, you should do cheese. I don't do cheese. I can't go on with cheese. Like, I'm going to regret this. I know I'm going to regret this, but I have to because of my nature. Why can't you do cheese, bro? Same way you don't do worms. Oh, you throw up? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's much better than what yeah. I thought it was going to be. I thought he was going to talk about his lactose intolerance and the end that comes out, but I take... Cheese. I don't, I don't think I want with cheese. Listen, listen. We didn't expect the razzle dazzle to come, so anything is on the right. table. Yeah, after that. <laughs> but yeah, we get to, we get so uncomfortable, and we get so comfortable in our discomfort, we don't even realize we're we're, we're messing our own bodies. There's, there's a, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, atrophy. That's the word I'm thinking of. Uh, heard Bishop Jakes talking about this morning before I left, and and it fits here. He was talking about a whole other talking about muscle atrophy. And that's what I believe happens with our comfort in our discomfort. We become so discomfort we become so comfortable in our discomfort. We don't realize it's damaging us. The Bible talks about how hope deferred makes the heart. You know what, Jesse? I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt you. You all right, go ahead. But that was just a whole I don't even realize you realize how much of a word that you just gave about that. I move so I can stay asleep. My goodness. That's the best thing that, you said. That was, that, that revelation just jumped out at me while you was talking. Because I, I had to listen to what he just said, y'all. When you sleep, you move when you get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And finding your place of comfort mm-hmm. helps you sleep better. Mm-hmm. And the reason why people move Preach. in the body of Christ mm-hmm. Because it helps them sleep better. Mm-hmm. They don't like to be awoke. They don't like to be alive. Oh, they don't like to be operational. They don't like to be moving in his way. Ah, mm-hmm. hey, Where's hey, my whoop triggers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought your I thought your Sunday was Friday. <laughs> <laughs> he just giving you some more ammunition so you can get Sunday. Saturday night <laughs> Take that high break. <laughs> <laughs> Just general fears everybody has. There's always a fear of a failure, um, especially when you're doing something new, because I think everybody wants to put forth the best foot or effort in anything they do. But, you know, anything in life, nothing is 100% guaranteed. So, you know. Um, so, how's it going to Well, like, I was moving down to Atlanta. I'm moving to a city, never living nowhere else outside of Ohio. But for me, 
I had to have faith, A, in God, B, because he sent me. That eliminated the fear. If I just came here on my own whim, it would have been a different degree. And um, I remember I was leaving my last day in Columbus. I was getting some boxes from Walmart, and I ran into somebody that goes to somebody's church. And they was, like, asking me questions of, like, hey, man, why you moving to Atlanta? It's a big city. About homosexuality there. You should stay here. You got this big building right now on Studer Avenue and all the different things. You know, why would you forfeit all this? It's not going to work. It doesn't make sense. And my simple reply was that God sent me. Mm. Knowing that God sent me, knowing that, I, number one, I heard the voice of God and believed God's voice, my faith was no longer in what my decision was, but it was a decision that I knew what God told me to do. I will say that being here has caused me to address things in ministry that ordinarily I wouldn't have anywhere mm. else. Yeah. Because there's certain things here in this city that you just cannot ignore. Yeah. And so it has definitely have helped me to embrace ministry in a different realm that is beyond myself. It stretched me. Atlanta makes you Atlanta will make you grow. Atlanta will make you grow. Atlanta, I think, like, there are certain... Either you're going to grow or you're going to get swallowed. Yeah, there's only two ways. And we've seen, we've seen both. <laughs> we've seen both. You know, you can't come to a city like Atlanta with an old mindset from where you come from. It ain't going to work. And that fear of growth is going to hinder you. Oh. Just like he's about to be somebody over there. He, he mad. Got my drink. That was just yelling at the Uber driver today for not his drink. See, that's what happens when you go with Uber Eats and you don't do DoorDash. Once again, we are not we are not giving pub and shouts out to folks who ain't paying us. DoorDash might pay him. I got to connect over there. My cousin Raul. Is, is that connect paying us? I don't know. He might. Bro, who Shout out to Twizzler for these little nids. They ain't paying me, but they sure blessing my spirit right Look now. Look at God. God always, God always has. Shout out to Great Value uh, Water. No, no. Shout out to Purified Maya for coming in at the right time. Come on, with the drink So I can drink with the. I don't see you don't get no drinks? Oh, my God. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. We don't get, I'm getting something to drink, y'all. Parched. Hey, you guys. My name is Amanda. I'm the owner of the G-Spot Accessories and More. The G-Spot was founded in August of 2020. I just wanted to provide an opportunity for others to not only find self-pleasure, love with the G-Spot products, but to enhance and break barriers in your sexual relationship. My website is thegspotaccessoriesmore.net. That's T-H-E-G-S-P-O-T-T-A-C-C-E-S-S-O-R-I-E-S-M-O-R-E dot net. Thank you. All right, we back, we back, we back. All right, all right. So, my food came. Woo! My food is subpar. It is. It is, it is. Uh, what you call tavern is not, is not a great thing. They don't follow directions. My Uber Eats driver stole my drink. 
a shout out and blessings to First Lady Maya, who already had a Pepsi ready for me. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. So you know he drinks Mountain Dew. I can't drink Mountain Dew no more. We've already talked about that. Stop that. Don't, 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 do, don't do that. Don't oh, do that. you know you want Mountain Dew. Wanting and be able to think is a problem. So you, 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 think, you think I'm like some of these wishy-washy Christians who, who always go after what their flesh wants instead of what's close and best for them. That's a problem. You hear that? Take notes. So, uh, so Jay, you were saying you, you, I cut you off while you, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put you back on spot. You have to, you have to remember what you were saying about remember. fear. <laughs> You're asking the wrong person about remembering. <laughs> you were talking about your biggest fear, and that's the that's the I heard you say I was, I was the man that will swallow you up. Yeah, that was it. As you said, as you know, they just play stretch and grow them. Then I said, yeah, you got to either, it will either swallow you up or grow up. So we know a few people like that. And that was the statement. Oh, so I didn't cut you off. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to go ahead. <laughs> oh, this is Poppy's podcast today, but it's all right. Y'all, y'all getting it real. So let's, let's jump right into the second uh, topic then. That coat takes so much. Let's talk about the spirit of entitlement. Mm-hmm. In the church. But it's also nationwide. Why is this spirit so pervasive, especially in this generation? Why is it everybody, whether spiritual or not, feels like they're owed something? I need some context for that. Well, it, it, it's just in general, but I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. Use it in a sentence. That, I'll give you one of the things that that really sparked it for me. So one of my members posted and made a post, and she said. Uh, you are not entitled to comfort. And so... so you're not somebody, entitled to comfort? Yeah, that's that's the gist of it. Okay. And somebody jumped back with a scripture talk that's talking about how God promises to give us comfort. And so I jumped in because I knew the context, and I was like, you, you're, miss, you're missing out on what's being said. The statement was, you're not entitled to comfort. Mm-hmm. It has no, it's not that God won't give it to you, but you're not owed he doesn't owe it. He doesn't owe it to you. He doesn't have to give it to you. He promised that he would, but you're not owed it. And you're entitled to something. It means you deserve it. You feel like you're owed it. It has to be yours. Mm-hmm. And so within the within the body of Christ, and even within this country as a whole, there's a bunch of people, especially in this generation, that feel like they're owed something. They feel like God owes them. They feel like their country owes them. They feel like their mama owes them. They feel like their pastor owes them. Everybody owes them something, and 99% of the time, they ain't put in the work to get what they feel like they owe. Mm-hmm. So, what, what, and maybe it's because I was too young at the time to, re- to realize that it was an issue back then, but I don't remember this being an issue in when I was a kid where people always felt like they were owed something. Mm-hmm. So, I think people need to fail to realize that God's promises. Don't equal entitlement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of these promises, for the vast majority of them, were derived from covenant. Mm-hmm. Meaning, he promised because of something. Mm-hmm. It was something that happened, something that was done, something that took place, whether it was agreement that God had with a certain nation or 
or whatever the case may be, or because of a, you being a descendant of somebody. It was a promise, but it does not necessarily mean that you're entitled to it. There is a part that you play in every promise God has ever given. Absolutely. And I think that what people fail to realize, or what they don't want to own in, is that they have to play a part because we're dealing with lazy people. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with people who don't want to work for nothing, mm-hmm. who feel like life and certain um, luxury should be handed to them. When the reality is, is that even a promise requires work. And we don't want to really acknowledge that or accept that fact. You say, God, you promised. And we're guilty of saying that in our prayers and all that kind of stuff to remind God of his promises when realistically we need to be reminding ourselves of the work we were supposed to be doing to obtain the promise. God said, I will do this if you do this. But then we don't want to address the woes or the part that the, the, the consequences of not living up to your end of the contract. Every contract has a default clause, which means that if you don't execute, there are consequences mm-hmm. that come from not executing. And what people are experiencing a lot of in their lives is the product of defaulting on their agreement. God said he would do it, and he intends to honor his end, but if you don't honor yours, right. then what do you expect? How can you expect the promise of comfort when you're not even in his will? So, Jack, how do you deal with the spirit of empowerment in, in, in your own man? You, you, you got a number of them, so I'm sure you got a couple. And of course. We're going to call on Tyler folk out by their name. Oh, I'm going to be good today. I don't know about JC, but I'm going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to be well behind. What's the question you just asked him? Ask him how does he deal with it in his own minutes. Because he's got, he's, I know. Right, you got to answer the question. How do you deal with it? Yeah, I have. Another side, I'm going to be good today. I don't know about JC. But I don't even have to call names of these Tyler people. But how are we going to deal with it? So, how you, how you deal with it? so when you're dealing with people who are entitled, there's a couple things. And what I've learned, to go, kind of go back to what I said earlier about Rebecca, is that when, whenever a leader or, or a person who has a vision from God, I realize that God will give, there's two people that will come around vision. Visionaries themselves who understand visions, execute it, carry it, and implement it, and then people who have their own agendas. They're, they're attracted by the vision to motivate their own agenda because they feel entitled because I've done something for X amount of years. Even though I may not put work in it or effort in it, I feel like I have a right to do something. And they will try to push their agenda on top of vision. And it becomes almost a mismatch. Or if you would take uh, there's things that just don't fit. And so it becomes a place where you have to use wisdom of understanding of how to navigate through that, how to understand that. And anything that's fresh and new is going to always attract a lot of different things around You know what I blame? Mm -hmm. We have isolated servitude from 
places a position of power in the body of Christ. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would like for the body of Christ to do, do away with the term elevation. Right. Because there is a certain air that comes with that term mm -hmm. that brings a level of arrogance that says, I've arrived. Congratulations on your elevation, Doc. Well, no, whatever definitely. the case may be, which, which yeah. what people fail to realize is that when you go to a deeper depth in God and serving mm -hmm. comes with well responsibility. Well, not only that, but the, the other term now is activation. You got people out there on either they're either you're getting elevated or you've been activated now. You know, I don't want to determine that about that one. Well, that's what I'm understanding because that was to, to me. Nah, I, I, I don't. I don't mean knowledge I, activation personally. Mm -hmm. I don't. But elevation has become such an ugly word in the body of Christ mm -hmm. because it's due to the stream. You're looking at people being elevated, but you don't see their work. I was just gonna say you see people being elevated. You, you don't see their service. Yep. And it's like everybody keeps getting these new fresh titles and places of elevation, and like I said, we've isolated servitude from the positions of God. When you require, when you when you um, desire these different offices and positions, and we talked about this, we talk about this all the time. Pretty much every podcast that we have that deals with leadership in some capacity, we talk about the fact that when you are licensed to preach, mm -hmm. you are not licensed until you've been seen and observed in operation. Mm -hmm. When you're ordained. You are not ordained until you've been seen and observed in operation. And that observation um, comes from them watching you serve. Mm -hmm. Should come from you. It comes from watching you serve. Mm -hmm. Now, when you get a certificate, I can't even call it a license anymore. It's just a certificate. Piece of paper. Just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. It has mm -hmm. no meaning. It has no credentials. Why that one person <laughs> handed me their resume and I threw it in the trash because it means nothing to me at this point. Well, some people don't it doesn't know. have the same meaning mm -hmm. that it did when we were coming up. And there's some because people don't know. You know we, we took that seriously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who are willing to serve as long as it takes to be qualified for, it. and that's mm -hmm. the problem. We don't have serving. Is no longer a qualification for elevation. Right. Well, I, I I agree, and at the same time disagree in, in in this respect. There are a lot of people who have served, for lack of a better way to put it, served their way up. Right. Mm -hmm. They get the position, and now that I've got the position, I'm too good to serve. Mm -hmm. I think that is actually more of an undercover issue with the body of Christ than it is a lot of these janky folks just getting their, their certificates in any kind of way because I won't. I think that because the, the emphasis on with leadership is they are watching their people and they're saying, okay, I see you serving. I see this in you. It's time to move you. But now that I've gotten moved, now the eyes are not as on me as, and that's the best part of the problem. I think a lot, a lot of times as leaders, we elevate people and our eyes are not on them as tough as they were when we were watching them before the elevation. Mm -hmm. So now, in our minds, they're still doing the work because we're giving them credit, we're giving them future credit for past work. Mm -hmm. 
but meanwhile, these people have they have the title. But that's, that's a product of poor leadership too, because even when you get elevated on a job, when you go from regular customer service representative to a team lead, mm-hmm. the supervisor is still watching your work. Yes, there might be a little more grace because as a service representative, you show that you are capable of doing the job, and so they give you a little more grace as a team lead. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, team leads still have meetings too. Yep. And they might not always be with the rest of the team. It might just be an isolated meeting. And I think that, like I said, it, it comes down to poor leadership. We put people... We elevate people from a place of customer service to team lead. So from a place of no license to license, mm-hmm. and then we stop our oversight. We stop observing. Mm-hmm. Now the next place of elevation from licensing to ordination is more so connected to time and not service. Because now, okay, you've already been proven that you do the work. Now you got to wait at least two years or a year between licensing and ordination where you can get ordained. And so you don't necessarily have to do the work in between. And it's like you said, we're giving future credit for past work. And that's, no, with each level, there should be a level of education, observation, and examination. You better exercise. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, really yeah, actually yeah, fresh yeah, off the yeah, yeah. No, there should be a all level of education, <laughs> observation. So there should be a level of instruction. Yeah, absolutely. And then there should be a level of work study. Mm-hmm. And then there should be a level of examination, which is passing the test. Mm-hmm. And we that mm-hmm. should be at every level of elevation. Mm-hmm. The problem is is that once we get from one place to another, that goes out the window. That same thing as well. I, I, I this is why you can have a bishop clear across the country, mm-hmm. ordain another bishop, mm-hmm. clear across the other side of the country, clear across the other side of the country, who they have they have not seen operating ministry. Mm-hmm. And they don't even ordain them at their church. They got to come to your church. Yeah. And that thing is it's baffling. That's a whole baffling situation. Now, you ought to be embarrassed to have an ordination or elevation to a office of bishop. And, your church and then the bishop say, pass your church and stand up. And only you and your wife stay there. <laughs> <laughs> I've sent a couple of those, my dear. <laughs> Listen. I've sat it on some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It almost makes you want to stand up like, uh, maybe I should give them a member for the night. Just for the day. Just for the day. <laughs> Oh, you just come. Let it loose. <coughs> no, no, no. I, I, I snap like that. Let it loose. Uh, Jesse, fine. come on. Let it loose. Snap a little bit. Let your hair down, Jesse. Well, as you said, my hair is thinner, so I ain't got, I ain't got my hair that down. But, like, but it, 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 it pisses me off because what this winds up doing, one, it makes my job harsh. You start with that. Yeah. And it also pisses me off because I think about. And maybe this is just me. Maybe this is the spirit of pride I got to work on for y'all. Just be sitting there looking in the mirror, making 
damn to itself. It, 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 I think I think to myself all the years I've put into this to get to where to get to where God has me to be at right in this moment. Right. All the time, all the toil, nah, 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 nah. all the work, nah. all the stress. Your wife gonna listen to this. All the, <laughs> <laughs> Can't sing no R. Kelly. <laughs> His dad, he is he is the artist who shall not be named. That's what we call him. Now, the artist who shall not be named. Who R. Kelly? The artist who shall not be named. We got a name. Yeah. We can call him that. We can call, we can call him that. Why can't we Buster Kelly? Why can't we call him last name? Once you call him last name, everybody make the connection. All right, Why? so Buster Kelly. There it is. <laughs> Why can't we name R. Kelly? Because we, 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 uh, I was told we don't go, go ahead, Jesse. We are but, uh, getting on track. <laughs> All right. Please, man. I'm no more <laughs> I think about all, all, all that work that was put in. And how dare you who've been here for a cup of coffee, feel like you are entitled to the same things that I work my behind off to get. For me, I've been in church all my life. You have. You ain't ain't lying. All I know, the primary thing I know is Jesus. That's right. I've seen it. Everything I've seen. That's that's all. That's what Martin Martin said. Jesus, that's it. That's all. That's all. Like this, that is what I grew up. The type of stuff that 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 that, that Marvin Wallace talks about. Mm-hmm. I lived that. I grew up in that. I believe it. I grew up church of God in Christ seven days a week church. And then you got your revivals and your convocations and your spring workers meetings and whatnot that that took all month long. I grew up in that. Be at church all night on a weekday and still have to go to school the next morning. You better not fall asleep and then come right on back the next night. I've I, I lived this thing. So I, 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 uh, how, how? Me too, but I was still a human. <laughs> but you had your experience, and, but you, and even, and even in your heathen time, you still was put to work because God was shaping you. So, how dare somebody who's been saved for six weeks decide I want to be a pastor? How dare you, who won't been pastoring a half a year, with a member and a half who ain't consistent, and the half a member is your wife? Now want to be a bishop. That baffled me, How that dare bishop, you, man. Who, who ain't really a bishop, say you want to be, be called a, a bishop, a chief bishop, or an apostle, and you only got your house under you because your church is held in your house. You got no other ministries that you planted. That's the stuff that, that ticks me off. Because we have other people put in real work, and now what you have done, because of your ignorance, you have diminished the things that I stand on. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so now I gotta quote unquote prove myself to other folks because of your idiot self. I got folks who come to my church, and now I gotta before I can even invest in their spiritual well-being and in their spiritual progress and their purpose, I gotta spend six months to a year knocking down all the garbage that you done taught and dealt with because you jumped you jumped the line because you're entitled because oh the pastor puts their pants on one leg at a time just like me. They can know we don't. We float in the arms. How about that? I was about to say. Lean back on the bed for a little bit. I've never done that one before. <laughs> I'm saying that that's 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 the stuff that oh my god because I I, I think about because I, I take this thing seriously. We know for a fact that he put his 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 pants got Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> Maya put Jay's pants on. 
Yes, he helps. That, that's, that, that's what mommies do for children. He got, he got elastic ankles on his chest. <laughs> oh, oh, we just going wrong. Oh, oh, oh they firing shots on tonight. Not we. He. I just, oh. I, just I, I just tagged it. All I did was tag it. And all I did was talk about how I'm over here trying to be. I'm over here just trying to be real nice and cordial today. <laughs> Why we do? Why we? This is your brother. Why you? Man, you, like you that? mean why they do that? You, 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 you see the characters? I, I, I almost, of, uh, I almost, that, I almost yeah. went for it. I ain't gonna work. I'm gonna pull myself back in. Like, you yeah. almost made me go for it. Yeah, man, you trying to push buttons over here, man. You almost made me go for it. I pulled myself up. Thank you, God. I got, I got discipline. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> but the, the, my, so, what do we do? Athletes. What do you to quell this spirit of entitlement so that people understand that it takes work? Because like close, <laughs> close. Sound like Donnie in this list is Donnie. You, 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 you know what you were missing? You missed the look. You hit the look. The, the Donnie no, came back. He, he did look. I should have had you bring me some stuff from Metro. For me. Oh, me bring you stuff from Metro. Yeah. They got a cheesecake there. It's, it's amazing. I just looked it up as in Stone Mountain. Just put a whole halt to everything. Just to try to get it back on track. So what do we do for real? But what do, what do we do? So that because I feel like even in the country, we're t- the, the, because the country generally takes or the world generally takes its cue from the church anyway, and so we acting like spoiled rotten brats. We got to overhaul the institutions. Us. Period. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to go in there and well, I think that God is already starting, just in the way that He's been executing things during this pandemic. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people who were responsible. Have either died off or are being ousted out of their position. Churches are failing, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I just think that we have to overhaul the system or the institution of the church as a whole. Um, one of the things is um, we have to show them a different church, and this is my mandate. This is my—I don't know how you guys feel about it, but this is the personal mandate that God has given me for this season is to show people a different church. Because the one that they see that is prevalent and materializing right before them is dead. And so in essence, you have a desperate generation and a dying world looking to a dead church for guidance, for counsel, for hope, and there's no hope in death. Mm-hmm. And so I think that our assignment is to come out of the confines of man-made tradition, mm-hmm. because I don't believe that tradition is bad. I believe man-made tradition. I believe that the traditions of the Word of God and the foundations and principles on which we are supposed to stand are
are still sure, still true. And we have to show people that church. We have to show people the mandated church, the church that Jesus himself established that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We have to show them the church which Jesus commissioned them to go into all the land preaching and teaching the things that he had taught them. This is what's missing in the world that we live in. The church that we see is not the church of Acts. Right. It's not even the churches that um, Paul was, was given uh, lead over and watch over. And so what we see now, and I'm just going to boldly say it, is not God's church. Hasn't been for a while. It's not his. He hasn't even been in the present. Sure, every now and then you might get a glimpse of a visitation, and that's only because you got certain people who are glory carriers, and they're going to come in with it, and because God is so contagious, <coughs> he has to rub off on us and the rest of the atmosphere. But this is not God's church. This is not the one that he's in control. The man is largely in control of what's happening right now. I mean, you got preachers who are taking text, who are not even preaching the text, mm -hmm. but bending it to, to tickling the, the itching ear. This is not God's church. When your main concern is what appeases people rather than what invites the power and presence of God, that is not God's church. When you spend 40 minutes in talk show style banter before worship can even kick off, that is not God's church. God ain't in this foolishness that we see. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, you no, no. I'm not. Whereas yours is to show the world a different church, God told me to show them a different leader. I tell every, everybody that comes across that wants to yeah, be a top leader. I say to them, get in your mind every pastor, every minister you've ever met in your life. Get in your mind what that idea of it is of it's supposed to be. Now take it, crumble it, and throw it out the window because I'm not that. I am a lion. I'm, I'm very hands-on with my people, even my staff nights. I'm very hands-on with them. I'm invested in their growth. No matter how small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some satellite. I got some
So they 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 speak English though? Yeah, no, they're they're American born. Went over to France. Oh, okay. uh, uh, and I was there, but they became yeah, the member in France. Came back yeah, a little bit. You know, you know, little no, no, but to, to, to deal with to deal with them and make sure that they grow and be invested in their growth and be invested with how their, their relationship with God on a day to day basis. You control yourself. To do that, to to be invested in their lives, I take something. That's why I make sure to mention it. But so for me, most pastors, at least the ones I've known and grew up with or whatever, they're not very hands-on. They're hands-on with some of their leadership. Mm-hmm. They're hands-on in service, mm-hmm. and they're hands-on when you have a need. But to call and check on you and say, yo, you didn't even hit my spirit today. I just want to see how your day is. Yo, is everything okay with, 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 with your understanding of where we're going? What did you get from the message? What questions can I answer? Let's take 20, 20 25 minutes to have conversation and just see where the conversation goes. Not, not a lot of, from, from my knowledge, I ain't saying it, and there's not pastors that do it. I'm saying from what I've seen, there's not a lot of pastors that do it. And for the people that have come up under me, they've never experienced that. They're used to Sunday pastor, weekly nothing, Sunday pastor. Yeah. You get me, you get me 24 7. Yeah. I'm going to shoot you with text, I'm going to shoot you with email. We're going to have a conversation because I'm invested in your success. As a member of the body of Christ, I have two objectives. One, I want to deepen your relationship with God so that I can work myself out of a job. Two, I want to kick you out so that you can go fulfill the purpose God's called you to. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to hold you. Well, now, God called you here to stay here for the entirety. Cool. But most of the folks that God's called me, that everybody I've got right now, with the exception of my wife, is called to go. Come get what you need. Get trained up. Get your purpose. Go. M- most pastors I know, present company excluded, aren't like that. So my mandate is that. And I have a passion about that. And, and, and I'm Baptist. I'm on my oldest member of being there. Eight years. <laughs> but I feel like when, 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 when that can be done, when you can set that expectation of it, it removes the entitlement. But first of all, you can't. You don't get to be entitled to high praise ministry because I'll let you know the heartbeat. You ain't entitled to that. You say you're sure. <laughs> Second of all, um, it's hard to be entitled when you begin to understand that you have to have a relationship. And when you understand real relationships, you understand it is a give and take. So you're not entitled to anything. You have to work for and be proven and qualified for everything that you do. I couldn't be my wife's husband, and I wasn't proven that I have husband material in me. I couldn't be the leader of my home, and I wasn't shown that I'm qualified to handle the home. I'm not entitled to it just because I'm a man. I had to, to show that. And so when you understand relationships, that does that too. But at the same time, I, I look around and see in, in, in church, on the news, everywhere, 
all of this internal noise. And to me, it's an attempt to the very presence of God ever since the garden. I started a conversation it's off. Always, Jay. I started a conversation off. Well, like, oh, Jay. <laughs> <change. laughs> Come on, I Jay. started a conversation off. Jesus stuff before. He didn't talk about he had a uh, he got satellite memory. You can't top that. You got eight churches in six cities. What you talking about? So I got the few satellites. <laughs> I'm not strong with satellites. A whole Facebook page. Yeah. With posts from everywhere. Yeah. You can take over. In fact, I'll tag you in. Tag me in. <laughs> no, seriously, what do you what is your take on this though? I mean like, you know, like what Jesse said, you know, it, it definitely is true. Is that we do have a we, the issue is now that there's so many people that are operating out of era that is almost the point. They're, they're almost, what would the word? They're privately in error. It's like, this is how I do it. And I think, you know, I was thinking about this. There was a, gen- there was a generation about late 90s, early 2000s, where people used to claim church over. And that was like a buzzword for about 15 years in the church. Yeah, I mean, they're still doing it, but I mean, like, when it first came out, it was everything. People had church conferences, people just church hurt. It was the buzzword. And that generation now, who had kids, are now in a place of adulthood, in a place of opinions. And I think we are now seeing that's become like the two generations go to church. And with that, it's brought forth a lot of people who have forgotten a lot of the things or was never brought up in the things that we were brought up because they got taken out of the traditional church setting. So like growing up, you grew Kosher, you grew Baptist, you know that there were certain things we had to do, you know. For especially Baptists, it's very it's not uncommon to see someone be a, be a minister for 15, 20 years mm-hmm. before they go out and even to a pastoral position or even an elder or whatever it is in the church. Nowadays, it's like, shoot, I'm called by God. I know what I heard from God. Don't tell me that. And they're so quick to use the word religion, legalism, and we throw these words because we've heard it from someone without no revelation, no teaching, no understanding. We have not took time. To uh, grow in the word, we're not the time to learn the word, we're not the time to do that, and so it produces error. And so, when you ever you have this, and there's not people who even take the time to even enjoy studying the word. I was with Pastor Terry this weekend because Ma was mentoring, and we was talking to some of the guys at the church, and some of the guys had just got saved. Like one guy got saved like within a month, and the hunger for the word, and it was like it hit me like it's been a minute since I just talked to people about just the fundamentals of faith. You get so many people right now that feel like they know something so much and don't even have the fundamentals down and without the transparency enough saying, you know what, I really don't know X, Y, and Z. I don't know why we believed in this. I just know I was told to do it. I did it. I mimic it. And my people be shocked to find out they really ain't even operating half the stuff they claim to operate in. A lot of these folks ain't really operating the Holy Spirit. You operate because your dad or your mom did it. You just re-mimic what they're doing because you, they want to be like them. And so we have people now that are, that, that are entitled because they've often encountered. Even when Paul had his encounter, there was training that came with him. His encounter alone was not mirrored enough to walk into his apostolic. He needed to have training that came with that. And that took years. Marvin Wine is still bishop-elect, and 
these cats, they ain't never had a church to become chief apostles and super apostles and archbishops. And so there becomes a dramatic era. And we have some people who have been on the market for, or not on the market, but on the scene for a long time that have been in era 20 years ago, not to throw names on the bus, but there was a time that people didn't touch Bernard Jordan. There was a time and a point that people, the religion, a lot of people in the church did not touch him. Now, all of a sudden, now it seems like he's kind of weaved his way into society. Yeah. And even that conversation. Yeah, college bishops in there. Yeah. Like, when there was a time that folk didn't deal with him. Mm-hmm. He was like on the same level with Carney Thomas and Peter Prothball. Mm-hmm. And they didn't deal with him. And so I mean, when. You know, it, my past well, you know, I'm, you know what I'm saying. They, they fruit. <laughs> yeah, they put them all in the same boat. But now, but now, but you know, even when he did the uh, like, <laughs> that's stupid, <laughs> the juice, <laughs> this word's gonna be juicy today. Probably on a couple of juicy crabs. <laughs> God. <laughs> Entire train of thought. Right. He was on a roll for a second and now it's gone. That's what, that's what I mean to deal with Jay Z. But I mean that's I mean that's just I mean it is this thing about like like what was it, two weeks ago or a week ago, they had that, that whole panel, they just this borderline blasphemous. And it became a very, you know, interesting topic. But there were some people that we that are well known that spoke against it. I commend those people who have that platform that do speak against stuff. Wait, what was that again? The, the uh, Larry Reed thing when he had the, the panel with mm-hmm. Pierce and all them. And how the... They were just talking about the blue but there was, was. was a couple things, but it, yeah. was, it was highly blasphemous. Um, there was just a lot, a lot of out-of-pocket, um, unscriptural, bad doctrinal things that were said. And there were people who are respected in the kingdom that rose up and said, hold on, all right, now y'all going too far. No, nah, because he had people like Bloomer, uh, Jordan, Larry, some, I forget what the lady's name was. Jack, Jackie or something. Yeah, and then, um, um, which we call it, Carlton Pearson. Who was excommunicated from the church. Well, that's, why, that's what you saw my eyebrows look. But like, Carlton's coming back. He's, I mean, he's been welcomed back into a lot of church circles. Has he, has he changed? No. That hurts my heart because Carlton Pearson. I, I used to argue and say he was the second baddest praise and worship leader on the face of the planet, behind Gerald Holt. Quite has kept Quanta Quanta Christian changed the game Absolutely. for his time. For his time, it, he made the way for a Jace to come through. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like you can never take away what his his work was, but you know when he did the whole doctrinal switch. Remember, the church was like universally. We don't deal with yeah. We were isolated from. That's there wasn't a time when the part didn't even recognize his bishop prayer. Yeah, that's all when you said he was on a panel. With a, like, but he's been on a lot of panels the last couple of years. I mean, Bloomers had him over his church a couple of times. Um, I think him and Bernard have done a few things. But, I mean, he's pretty well received now. Not, yeah, not, he's, not, he's starting to be invited to a lot of uh, church functions. Literally trying to, to wrap my brain around. Does he get a platform? But does he though? Yeah. Like no, like not. I mean, he had another platform. United Church uh, Christ, I think is what it's called. Mm, it's growing. 
I mean, he's but big this, enough to have a movie about him from Netflix. Well, they have a movie about him. But you got to understand his, that his, controversial. his position is what gave way to, like, churches like uh, Vision, Church. Vision Church here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, the openly progressive pastors and all that yeah. kind of stuff. A, a lot of the progressive thinkers, a lot of people have become inclusionists. There have been other bishops that have followed him in that in that right. So his he yeah he was cast out by the church, but you know his his, his because it gave people a level of comfortability in which they believe that they can live their truth. I think that that's what gave uh, life to live your truth movement in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is that. Our truth is not always in line with his truth, and people mm-hmm. think that they can leave their truth and still get in heaven. I mean, you're talking about somebody who's openly said, hell is not a real place. Yep. And that, that's, that's why I'm baffled like that. But literally, his doctrine is is the essence of the spirit of a time, at least in the church that I've said, that, that ticks me off so much. Because people feel entitled to get in because I live. God, God wouldn't well, say that. Well, I mean, he's, I mean, he's even, he's, 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 his doctrine's got even more stranger. <laughs> Over the years, he's added different elements to it that's even more stranger. Because uh, hearing him back, and, and, and I promise you, I, I used to love because the brother was dynamic. And to know that the, the shift that happened and the, the fall, and I'm like, okay, well, I kept praying for him because, you know, I liked him. I, I, as, as, as I mentioned, you know, I think the body of Christ missed. The sound, and really more so than his sound, he had an anointing, and still does like, apparently, to bring people together. Mm-hmm. Like at one of his Azusa Street conferences, I, I, there were Catholics singing well, he, in his choir. He, like oh. he what it, what he did was, I don't think the people you know acknowledge it, but he really brought forth that whole multicultural thing to the black church. Yeah, for a black man to pastor white for white. For prominent white people, not just regular white, but prominent white people, to say that's my pastor, and he could crawl, he could sing, he could preach, he could teach. He had he had the whole he had the pedigree, he had the background from being coaches, so he had a whole lot of things that made him who he was. I mean, he had one of the fastest growing churches in America at one point, you know, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He made Tulsa, Oklahoma a hotbed, you know, for that time for churches in the early nineties. I mean. You had people coming from all over traveling to Tulsa, Oklahoma, of all places. Not a really desirable place to go to. Packing out arenas. They were packing out arenas in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they was coming to Earl, Earl Roberts. I mean, that opened up the whole white community to him. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, when he shifted, I mean, it was, it was a shift that was felt around the church, good or bad. Absolutely, but that's what I'm saying. It, it, yeah. And, and it gave way to the, this, this this entitlement that, that bugs me. It gave way to the, this, this pervasive just because I have an opinion, it should be spoken and people listen to it and follow it. And I have a right to say it, no matter how blasphemous, no matter how inaccurate it is. However, you don't have the right to correct me. Mm-hmm. And, and Again, it makes the job so much harder. And I feel like, so 
supposed to answer my own question, I guess, as, as to why I feel bad, but I think, I feel like, I heard uh, a minister at, at the church I was, I used to be under years ago, she said this, she said, you have to understand how crafty the devil is. All he does is he gives a five to choice. You know anything about building, you have to, you're supposed to build straight up. And you shift in the process of the building straight up. Just five degrees. Because anything more than five degrees is very noticeable. If you shift five degrees, you can still build and look like you're you're on track until you begin to to realize after a while this what started off as five degrees is now forty five degrees off center. Right. That's all the devil does and, and I heard her say it, and it, point, it wound up taking me to when the devil uh, tempted Jesus in the wilderness. The second temptation he gave Jesus, he says to Jesus, hey, look at all of this, right? Jump. I want you to just jump. The Bible says that he won't allow the angels to cast the foot on stone, paraphrasing, but the, the temptation, the statement that he made is scripture. It's in the book of Psalms. Problem is, he left out a sentence. And leaving out that sentence gives the entirety of that scripture context. Mm -hmm. This is what the devil does. And this is what I believe has been the reason for the entitlement. There are things that God says, I give you because of your faithfulness. The things I give you because I'm God. The things I give you because you have earned it through your work. And we've taken that, those promises, and called those promises, I deserve. Mm-hmm. I think you said it earlier at the top. This is where we start, we even say it in our prayers now. God, your word says I should get. Meanwhile, we don't qualify for the I should get. But because God, your word says I'm entitled to. I'm entitled to get to heaven because God don't send folks to hell. Well, truth is, God don't send folks to hell. You, you go. You decide to go. He right. gave you consequences that are going to happen if these things happen. You chose to do the consequence because you chose to go to hell. Right. But I'm entitled to get to heaven. Like I, 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 I feel like the, the way we can get away from this entitlement, first of all, is we got to get leaders again to be bold enough more leaders and platform leaders especially to be bold enough to go back and teach the word of God for real. Stop being afraid to lead people. Stop being afraid of those who don't walk out. One of the things that for me, and then I'll shut up after this, one of the things that for me uh, it shaped me was recognizing that Jesus as the son of God couldn't save everybody. So who in the hell am I to think I can? Right. And I think if we stop worrying about who walks out the door, I think the body of Christ has done, we've done Christians a service enough. Like, we wear ourselves out trying to save everybody instead of going to minister to those who are untimely. Mm-hmm. I'll have to say this last thing. Where that comes from for me is the woman with the issue of blood. Bible says that Jesus was on his way to go deal with the 12-year-old girl who died mm-hmm. on his way there. And as he's on his way there, the hordes began to throng him. And 
and all strong is that means they were throwing themselves at him because they wanted to touch from Jesus. Heal me, touch me, bless me, whatever. And the disciples were acting as his bodyguards to get him to the crowd. He ignored every last one of them. Jay-Z, well, this Jay-Z first, right here. Mm-hmm. Until the woman with issue of blood touched Excuse me, touched him at the garment. Preach! She interrupted his assignment because of her need, her genuine need. Mm-hmm. Everybody else had a need. Jesus said, no, I got an assignment to do. I know y'all got to do, but I have an assignment, and y'all aren't my assignment, so I got to get to my, whoa, 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 there's been an interruption to my assignment. And I think we have began to teach that everybody is now in either, either everybody is our assignment or everybody's in an interruption to our assignment, and that's not the case. And we're wearing ourselves thin, trying to make everybody our assignment or, or our interruption to our assignment so as leaders when everybody who walks through our doors Oh, you must be a member of my church. Or even if they join the church, oh, you must be my sheep. No, no, that's the case. Sometimes you're just there for a place to be until you get to your next stop, and I ain't got nothing to do with you. You're, you're not my assignment. There's nothing I really am called to do for you, so I'm not anointed to impact your life. You are wasting your time here, and I'm wasting my breath talking to you. Let's see what we can do about praying and speaking in the place that you're supposed to be planted so that you can get the most out of what God has for you. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with the, with the real top answers. It should be a lot more lively than what we've been. It's been, it's been interesting. But we'll be right back. After it's just that it, these are really, and I, I'm actually kind of glad like that this Good. is what happened because these are the hard talks that mm-hmm. realistically we need to be having. And, that, and, and, and this is why when you sent the first topic to me, are we still rolling? No, you're still rolling. You're rolling. Okay, cool. Keep it going. Uh, but this is why when you sent that first topic to me, I was just like, mm, not feeling that. Because realistically, the vein that God has me in in this season is that as I'm building something new, part of that is delivering a message to what's dying. Um, so that those who want to be saved from going down with the ship can find that that safety place. And so topics like this, especially this one where we're talking about the spirit of entitlement, um, I just think that it's an essential conversation that we need to be having because nobody's talking about it. We're still on this me, 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 my, 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 I, 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 I doctrine when we fail to realize that while you're going after yours, God's not getting his, and it's causing a rift in the spirit. And this is just where he has me. I don't want to talk about that now. But the kingdom right now, and I've never really been in that place before um, in my life where I don't want to talk about nothing but the kingdom right now. That's just really been my focus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, different. it's just a different season. Mm-hmm. That's that's me and, and I say this and I hope it don't come off arrogant because that's not my intent. Um, it's a, that's a wonderful place to be and I say that because for me I've been there for six or seven years where I was kingdom focused. Well first it, it here was my shift. It was first relationship that was my drive. I'm sorry, backtrack. It was first identity that was my drive. Understanding who I am trying to get the bypass to understand who they are. 
then I recognized we can't understand who we are until we understand who he is. So my shift became real relationship focused, which I still kind of am. But then I realized it's not the kind of relationship that we think of when we think of <coughs> relationships. It is a, you're king, and I'm your servant first. You're king, and I'm your kingdom citizen first. Mm -hmm. And then as I work the kingdom, I can grow to become friend and then son. I don't start off in the kingdom as friend or son. I start off as a servant. And those servanthood never leaves me because at every stage I'm supposed to serve and serve greater with each stage. The title shifts because of my depth of relationship connection to the king. So I start off, I get it. All I'm looking to do is serve. What can I do? How can I make cash? What's this? What's that? Then I, be, I can become friend because he can trust me. Jesus said, I no longer call you servant, but I call you friend because a friend doesn't know what his master is doing. I can trust you with some information. And now as I have learn to be accountable for the trust that God has in me. Mm -hmm. I shift again. I'm no longer just friend. I'm now son. Where I can enjoy and share in all the benefits of sonhood. But the requirement of that is greater servanthood. But I've been there for a while where, where anything that's not kingdom focused, kingdom driven, kingdom minded irritates my soul to the point where I don't do a lot of church anymore. They would tell you, I used to be everybody's servant for everything. If, you, if I just knew somebody was going to be there, let me sit in. Let me try to hear some words. Let me see how they're doing. Let me, let me, let me see what I can glean from it, either learn what to do or what not. I don't have that kind of time to waste on that. Mm -hmm. If you ain't about kingdom, I don't, I don't need to be around you. If, if the stuff isn't kingdom focused or going to benefit kingdom, I don't even want to support you. I, my hashtag on Facebook is, king, is hashtag kingdom support. I try to get those who are within my sphere and whether I'm influential in their lives or not to support what I call kingdom stuff. If, if I know you or I know what you're doing is kingdom driven, I post your stuff, hashtag kingdom support, because I want to further the kingdom. Why is it that, I, I ask it almost rhetorically, that the enemy has an easier job pushing and moving forth his kingdom, that what God does, his kingdom, with all the greatness that God has. And I don't think it's because the world doesn't see the difference between what the enemy brings and what God brings. I think it's because we as sons are not pushing it like we're supposed to. We as friends of the kingdom aren't pushing it like we're supposed to. And we as servants feel like we should get all the benefits of people who are servants. So yeah, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. We're going to come back with the Real Talk family. This has been Real Talk. We'll be right back. Hey everyone. So jewelry will not only enhance your outfit, but also your mood and confidence. Maya Jordan, your favorite paparazzi consultant, has all the fabulous looks at an even more fabulous price. Also, ask me how to join the winning team and make your own income. I love what I do and you can too. Add me on Facebook. Again, my name is Maya, M-A-Y-A Jordan, and feel free to inbox me for more info. All right, all right, I'll be back, we back. All right, let's go ahead and get 
I told you, every break, the all right is there. It's, it's, I don't know where I got it from. It's fourth habit. He's the guy who's coming to work. If you say, that's what you think about. We know where you got it from. Who else does all right, all right, all right? I've been doing all right, all right, all right before. My daddy used to do that. Like, you go, so your dad's coming in. So wait a minute. What? PA. People say all right, all right. Well, he's from Pennsylvania, too. Yeah, he is from Philly. Yeah. yeah I, guess, I guess that fits. But I didn't know him when I was a kid. Still must be a Pennsylvania thing. But you said I got it from Kev. I, sorry, I get it from Kev. That's what Kev I made it quite popular. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> you know, like people in Ohio say y'all. People in PA say y'all too. Really? We say y'all and you. I don't see y'all. Y'all don't seem like a y'all. So y'all can't be East Coast. We are East Coast. No, because no one else in the East Coast says y'all. New York says y'all. New York doesn't say y'all. New York does say y'all. I don't think they say y'all. This nigga's gonna say he's the same. I got family in New York. Uh, right I don't now believe New York says y'all. Never, who lives in New York? I've never heard no one. I've never heard no one in New York say y'all. My mom born and bred Staten Island, New York, and this nigga gonna tell me. I've never heard no one in New York say y'all before. Like yell it out loud, like yo y'all. I've never heard in New York. Yeah, that is a pretty New York thing. Y'all. Yeah, I live there. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all is the East Coast thing. Like, here's the reality of it. Ohio is. It's a melting pot. No, Ohio is close enough to the East Coast, even though it's considered a Midwest a Midwest state. Mm-hmm. It's close enough to the East Coast that it has East Coast influence. Everything about, for the most part, everything about Ohio is East Coast. Now, Columbus as a whole is a melting pot. And this is why you get a whole bunch of other crap with it. But Cincy and Cleveland, they are way more East Coast driven than they are Midwest. Their values are more East Coast than they are Midwest. That too. Mm-hmm. They, Akron, uh, Youngstown, all of them. They, they East Coast influence, bro. In particular, Pittsburgh East Coast influence. I got a slight hometown in there. Oh no, because because Pittsburgh as a whole is it's the biggest city near enough to them. Yeah. So. I, I've been to Pittsburgh a few times. It's not, it's not a bad city. Yes, it is. It's not a bad city. Yes, it is. That bad. Pittsburgh is horrible. Yeah, hey, I mean. Horrible city with a horrible team. Whoa, the Steelers? Hate the Steelers. How many Pops here that? Steelers has Steelers have one of the biggest fan bases in football history. Though. That's that's a lot of like the purposes. Yeah. There are three there are three NFL teams that travel really you, well like that. You think Steelers is bigger than Eagles fan base? Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll just yeah. do it more. Here, here's the thing. The Eagles fan base is rougher, so they get they get a lot more pub. The Pittsburgh fan base travels way better than the Eagles fan base. There's three fan bases that travel really well. Cowboys. All the time. Dallas, Green Bay, Pittsburgh. And of the three, Green Bay is the biggest. And I'm a Dallas fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green Bay is definitely the biggest. And yeah. we rival y'all. Who? Dallas. Who's y'all? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll you. Browns fan. I'm not a Browns fan. I'm a Browns, I don't know I'm I'm a Browns, Browns fan. fan. Who's not a Browns fan? fan I'm not an NFL fan. Oh, you definitely can't have. Let's go ahead and get yeah. this match. This nigga will try to talk NFL football with me. Let's go ahead and get talking. Mean, really? Yeah. I thought you was a Cowboys. No, no. He's never worn anything. Wait, are we? Are we rolling? Yeah. Are we still rolling? Oops. My bad. Hell no. Even as long as the 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 fight and the A. Has a, has a real close resemblance to an even winning brother. Everything about you. You don't pay attention to nothing, do you? 
But you know what? I was I was thinking more. I could see. I thought you were gonna either say Cowboys or Bears. Nah, bro. Because no. you live in Chicago. You, you don't ever see me say Fly Eagles Fly during the NFL season. Like, like, I, like I, how was it? That That's I why when Michael Vick went to the Eagles, that was like the best thing that ever happened to me. My favorite player on my favorite team. How is it? Oh my! Wow. I have known you. So were you a for shorter time and know more in that area about you than him? So yeah, you so, so you was a Minnesota fan? Huh? Was you a Minnesota fan? I'm an Eagles fan, period. You know, whoever suits up as a Philadelphia Eagles. But a lot of people think was not only Eagles, but that wasn't welcome from a lot of fans there. No, no, you see, the problem is you're talking about when he was drafted. That's because they, he, it wasn't that he wasn't welcome. Let's set the record straight on that crap. McNabb, but he wasn't the pick that they wanted at the time. There mm-hmm. were some other picks that, they, that the Philly fan base felt should have gone. But you got to also kind of understand the culture of Philly fans right. in Philly. In Philly. Yeah. There's, 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 that's a totally different fan base than fans outside of Philly. Yeah. They're a little bit more uh, edgier. They're rambunctious. <laughs> brothers of love. All day long. <laughs> get the brothers up after they punch you in the face. Right. <laughs> yeah, so let's get to this real talk, Pastor. So you, you said you wanted to go to Mike one first? Yeah. All right, so here here is one that I felt was a real good one. It, this should get interesting. Which Mike? was more influential for the culture and as a whole. Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, Mike Tyson. So let me let, let me lay a couple of, of the highlights for each one out and then we, then we can go into the debate. Michael Jackson changed music as a whole. Probably one of the most sampled artists in the history of music. His span is ridiculous. It's like, what, five, six decades of music. Well, yeah, almost six decades of, of, of music that he had. He changed the way that people, he changed the way people go after the business of music, as well as, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the first people to retain and own the masters of his stuff in the way that he did it, as well as the first single individual to merge with the corporation. Then there's Michael Jordan. Change basketball culture. If it wasn't that for Michael Jordan, we'd still be watching the NBA Finals on tape delay. Once Mike got there, after he got his first ring, they said, no, it's too good, no more tape delay. He's the reason we have live NBA action. He changed player contracts. He took the entirety of the NBA from an American thing to a global thing. At the time he was at his height, he's the only person whose name rivaled Michael Jackson. If you said Mike, you have, you, I had to clarify. We're talking about Jackson or George. And he's my cousin. Wait, wait, we're not paying any attention. He is arguably the greatest basketball player to ever live. He's the greatest. He's he said, no, no, arguably. There, he's the there, there are two arguments that are valid arguments. Who? There's LeBron James, and which is Which is valid because... He's doing what he's doing now. You gonna say Kobe? No, Bill Russell. He got eleven rings, bro. You can. You're not gonna put Kobe. You're not gonna put Kobe in argument. He got eleven rings. But I know. I'm not saying I'm not the game. But you ain't gonna put Kobe in argument. I'm a Kobe fan. He almost (laughs) thanks. He almost he almost (laughs) took me right off because I was. (laughs) And then because he know he ain't got no argument between (laughs) the three. That's why he's trying to derail the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson arguably the baddest man on the planet. Oh, he is. Mike Tyson, he changed boxing forever. He's the reason that hip-hop culture got into boxing. 
because Mike Tyson did what he did and was the way he was, mm-hmm. he helped push and elevate MMA. Mm-hmm. There would not be an MMA the way it is if there was not Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson's own, the only real heavyweight who people have, will ever say in a reality contest that might have a shot at knocking out Muhammad Ali. He would knock out. I don't know. I, I, I can't say yeah, I can't say no. Because his, because his power and George Foreman's power at the time George Foreman fought Ali was about the same. I yeah, think, but I, I think Tyson had more Mike speed. Was quick. Oh, yeah. Absolutely quick, and that's what made him ferocious. Mm-hmm. But he's the only person that anybody will ever go ever cringe about. Eh, he might beat Ali, he might not. Any other boxer you name, past president, or, it, it, Ali is going is gonna to wash in most people's opinion. Mike Tyson also is it has, has had a second birth of a career after his first career in boxing in a greater way than Jordan. Well, Michael Jackson never really got to have him because he did. But he got, Tyson had, a, had a, an entire second career made in blockbuster movies, and his one-man special was, was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And now his podcast is, is one of the top 20 podcasts in the country. Really? Like, yeah. The hot boxes, and, and it's pretty good. You don't do nothing but smoke and talk to people. <laughs> like, that's, that's really all he does. That sounds entertaining. This, this, is, this is how how good Mike Tyson, and how, how much people want to gravitate to Tyson. Mike Tyson got to do a sit-down interview with Eminem, and Eminem almost never did an interview. And Eminem said, I did it because you called. Like, that's what Tyson is. So, for the culture, we need to call Eminem and M&M as a whole. We need to call Eminem Jesse. What? He'll do it for us. So, JC, I'm going to go answer you For the culture and as a whole, who you got and why? Jordan. Why Jordan? Jordan is in everything. Okay. I get both Mike and Mike. (laughs) 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 Arguments and influence, but Jordan is literally in everything. Jordan has literally dropped the same shoe. <laughs> for 20 years, man. For, for the past 20 years, over and over, and the same people Keep on. will go out and buy it no matter how much the price increases. Mm-hmm. Jordan shuts down malls, everything. Not only that, Jordan has not only coined one of the greatest NBA careers of all time, but he's also a majority owner mm-hmm. of an NBA franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say he's in everything, he's he in literally there. is in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he did do the jam with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. He taught Michael Jackson how to briefly play basketball. <laughs>
For the expansion. For the expansion of the NBA overseas. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When Mike, when they were going to the Olympics and Mike was coming, the NBA was not that big before this. No. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mike made niggas like Yao Ming and all them want to come to the NBA. To the NBA. Yeah, and basketball. Y'all make it not your strongest argument. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> they slid him in. Right. But it's just, you know, Mike, Mike's influence, I mean, like, you know, Space Jam. Yeah. Change, change still, the game. It's still one of the most revered, you know, basketball movies. movies. There's been other basketball movies. None of them are Space Jam. None will ever be Space Jam. Yeah. Space Jam is definitely probably that. I didn't see that. I, I've oh. heard enough about it. Enough to go. It wasn't that bad. Actually, it was really good. It wasn't that bad. And the second, <laughs> and people act like the first one <laughs> oh, the first was one that, was that great. It really was. It really was. It really was. My, it, but the there's an argument in terms of who's the GOAT in basketball, but there's no argument between who's the better actor. No, that, 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 second, that second one was a... Uh, a vomit fest of product placement. You read that somewhere because you just said you ain't seen it. Mm-hmm. No, no. I, I listen. If you let me finish, I said I have not seen it, but I've seen clips. I've seen it the whole. Oh, I've seen clips, and I have heard people talk. Here goes Jesse's logic. No, no, no. I ain't seen it, but I've seen clips. Better see when coming to America too. Yeah, it was. It was. I can either confirm or did not. No, I can confirm. We watched the movie, Jess. That's what I we can saw, confirm this. Yeah, but your taste of the movies seen, is horrible. My taste of the movies is horrible. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. I've seen some of the stuff that you have liked, that you have posted. Like what? And, and Name me two. Yeah. Well, I, I, let me go. Let me get my get, mic. Get your mic in. So, um, I'm going Jackson. Okay. The reason why, the reason why, and, and, and if 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 you would have took him off the list and just had Tyson and Jordan, it would have been Jordan for me. But because Michael Jackson's on here, you think about it. This man was entertaining people at the age of ten. This man came out the womb with talent, more talent in his pinky than most people got in their whole entire body. Mm-hmm. He's a part of, a, of the group Jackson Five, which was revolutionary in their own right. Mm-hmm. Went solo, which is not always a guarantee to be successful. Off the wall. Successful with you, Michael Jackson. I'm man, that saying, was a guarantee. They wanted Mike to come out solo. Joe just wasn't having it. Yeah, but I'm saying, you know, like, Mike you know, was the draw. Yeah, yeah. I understand. The Jacksons was Jacksons before Mike came, came into yeah. the picture. But I'm yeah, saying. That's, that's kind of his point that, that Mike was so good because other, play, other, other groups have had a split. And solo careers have not always. Yeah, but see, they were they they were they had right, a split because like when they came out, they were seen on a group level. Yeah. When before when the Jacksons came out, they were never equal. That's true. They yeah. were never. It was always oh, yeah. Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five. That's well, true. I mean, Joe didn't I like have... Diana Ross even introducing them like like yep. that. Yeah. That was before she they even dropped the album. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like you know David Ruffin when he left the Temptations, even though he had. It wasn't as massive they thought it was going to be. Freddie Mercury, when he broke from Queen, it wasn't what people thought it was going to be. They thought Freddie Mercury breaking from Queen, he was going to be Michael Jackson's equal. This didn't happen. Sometimes everybody who goes single is not going to hit, even though you may see the potential in it, whatever. It's not always guaranteed, but it's Michael Jackson. So, uh, off the wall, 
one of the best albums ever next to and then he came up with Thriller that was better than Off the Wall. I mean, he's in the casket doing this. He's in the casket doing the whole dance and everything. Um, and then think about it. He changed the game of music videos. He made music videos mean something. Uh, it was when, when he did a music video, it stopped TV. He literally stopped TV for that five, seven minute hour long the video is. When he died, no, nothing but Michael Jackson on the radio. Nothing but on CNN, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. Everything he had went back to number one. He was one of the first people who died where their music just became as popular as it was when he was alive. We had, you know, it was a, he was a phenomenon to, to what he is. And all three are phenomenons in their own respective rights. But I was thinking, you want to talk about influence, Mike has national and global. You can't tell me that 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 people in the 80s didn't have this, the zipper, red suit, the Jerry, I mean, he the was with the one glove. I mean, heck, he made people like Pepsi. <laughs> Doing the Pepsi commercials. I mean, you know, Michael Jackson, and he's ingrained in people's childhood. He was, his longevity of his career is longer than both Tyson and Jordan combined. If you look at the body and longevity, it's longer than both. The the album sold and the records are shattered. I believe some records are still not even broken yet. Um, did the inspiration of music. How many other people grew up on Michael Jackson music that inspired them? People like Kanye West. Uh, probably one of the most sampled beats uh, Kanye, Kanye sampled so much from, from Michael Jackson that became hits. His samples become hits. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, um, if, if there was no Mike, there would be no Kanye, there would be no Chris Brown, there would probably be no Justin Timberlake, there would be no Neo, there would be no a lot of these cats. So, one of the first people that you've seen sing, dance, I mean, put on one of the most best, definitely one of the top greatest performers of all times when it comes to live concert, made people faint. And Michael Jordan, I don't think he ever made nobody faint. Michael Jackson, Mike Tyson knocked people out. <laughs> but I don't think he ever made nobody faint. And you can't tell me if you put all three in a room, Mike would have the biggest reaction. You put them in a, in a multicultural room, Tyson would get love, Mike, Mike, Tyson, Jordan would get love. But the Michael Jackson reactions, he stood in one spot Michael for Jackson 10 minutes. Well, I'm talking about before you, you know. <laughs> a dead man saying right. always going to get a reaction. <laughs> but remember when he stood there and he stood there for like 15 minutes and didn't do nothing? Place was going freaking crazy. Mike could have stood there and walked away and they wouldn't even feel like they was robbed. That's how talented Michael Jackson was. Jesse, who you got? Because this is it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm a fan of all three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of all three, but I went with Michael Jackson. Come on, Jesse. You, you better couple, be in the band. You better be in the spirit. There's, 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 a, there's a couple factors that put him over Jordan. For the most part, in the vast majority of people's minds, Michael Jackson has no equal. There will be some who will say, well, wait, what about Prince, right? But when they toss Prince in there, they have to start putting qualifiers in there. If you will, as a musician, Prince is better. 
because most people don't know Mike played. And most people don't know that Mike did a whole lot of, of the arrangements for his own stuff. He well, did the backgrounds for his own stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, as as this, as a writer, Prince Rosetta, people don't know Michael Jackson wrote a lot. Like, if you really take the time to look at, at, at his writing credits, he, he wrote a lot of his own hits. But they have to put qualifiers in there. With, with Michael Jordan... When people, the people who bring up the argument that LeBron is better, there's no real qualifier. They don't say, oh, well, LeBron is better because LeBron's a better rebounder. No, they literally say that they feel like LeBron is better. And in a one-on-one game, LeBron will beat Mike. They're wrong, but that's what they believe. There's nobody I know that says if you go to a print show and you go to a Michael Jackson Prince is gonna put on the better show. Yeah. Nobody. Prince will put a, he put on a heck of a show on though. He'll put on a heck of a show. But if nobody else gonna say his show's gonna be better. If you put out if Michael put you put up Michael's second best album, which is Off the Wall, mm-hmm. up against Prince's best album. Off the Wall went by far. Off the Wall. Off the wall and that's really not good even album. his best work. Off the Wall's a really good that's album. That's the first thing. Second, the second reason that, that, that Michael Jackson was, was he edged out Michael Jordan is because Michael Jackson, he messed his entire household up. Can you imagine being Tito, Jermaine, or the rest of them, and now you have to look up to your little brother? All of a sudden, you was, you was, you, you was doing good in your little band, but now he jumped on the scene and people are like, no, nah, y'all want shit until I came along. And then time proves they really wasn't. Like, the, to be able to be as confident as he was in his space at, a, at five, six, seven years old and command a room is epic to me. Like, I've heard people who've met Michael Jordan say, when Michael Jordan comes in his presence, it feels like he's literally floating and you, it doesn't feel real, doesn't feel human. But I've also heard and seen, as Jay said, with, with Michael Jackson, you stand there and he will change. He will stand in one pose for five minutes, turn his head, and the place lose their mind. Stand there for another five minutes, and then take his glasses off, and then people lose their mind. Fifteen minutes of him just standing there, and the place is still bananas. He's the only one out of all three that does not have to perform and still can sell something. Still can sit. He could sit in a place and people be like, I got my money's worth because I saw my... Not I heard him. I saw Michael Jackson. In order to understand and appreciate Michael Jordan's greatness, you have to watch him play. And here's here's, here's my final portion of it. At... Close argument. Yeah. At, at Michael Jordan's advanced age now, yeah, he's like by eighty. No, he's like in terms of basketball years. Yeah, he's like eighty something years old. Oh yeah, he ain't Michael Jordan ball. is not getting on an NBA court. He may get a court outside his house and doing anything with anyone. Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, before he died, was in the process of putting out an album and a tour. And I have the DVD, uh, the whole this DVD. Like, I bet you did. Oh yeah, because I'm I'm a, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. Probably still got him plastered. No, I've watched like three times. Mm. So watching him conduct 
the rehearsal and watching him move at 60-something years old, whatever it was he was, still really being able to move like he did when he was in his 30s and his 50s. He's the only one of the three that if he was alive today could still be doing his crap at a high level and they wouldn't. So for me, and then there's like, no matter what country you go to, they know Michael Jackson. Most countries know Michael Jordan. Some places know Mike Tyson. Everybody knows Michael Jackson. Everybody knows Michael Jackson. You go to Zambia. Some made up place I just made up. They know him. I've seen penguins on the dance with his heart. He did a moonwalk. <laughs> 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 Which actually is my last thing. I thought you, 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 you gave me something fresh. The moonwalk is more iconic than the Jordan song and the Jordan, the Jumpman pose. Is so, it more iconic? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, his, so in terms of his impact and his influence, it, it, it's Michael Jackson hands down. Hands with one glove. <laughs> Shiny hands. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Macaulay Culkin, this one, this one should have took him out. That's so messy. That song, that song, blown juice was getting what happened. He almost died in the commercial. <laughs> didn't sue. And still, oh yeah, the, 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 the nigga made, made made a business decision marriage to do a hostile takeover. Yeah, he married Elvis Presley's daughter, Lisa Marie Presley, not because he loved her, but because he won that catalog. And he got the catalog of Elvis Presley and of the Beatles. He snaked his boy yeah. to get the Beatles, like he was ruthless and a businessman. Mike Jackson low key had some pimp moves and he was Oh man. He learned that from Joe. He some that was oh, a little bit of Joe man. in him. That's that Gary Indiana pimp. Yeah. That's what that was. That's right, that one glove was always slapping Paul. He's like, hey, hey. Paul. Like Paul. The, come here, Paul. The, come here, Paul. <laughs> Paul, you don't give me that catalog, Paul. Like have, have did you have you actually heard the story as to how we snaked it? Yeah. It's to me it's the funniest thing in the world. Why would you go and tell people what you paid for the catalog? That you that you haven't received yet, you're a day away from getting it, and you tell this ruthless nigga, "Here, I paid, I paid X amount for it." He took a break. He took a break in the middle of shooting. Called for the break. Got on the phone. Paid an amount he knew Paul couldn't pay. Came back, finished the shoot, and then told him afterwards. Hilarious, isn't it? Like I own you now. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. He's moonwalked away. <laughs> With glitter shining off of him. All right. So. Tito, get the car, Tito. Get the car, Tito. Jermaine, get the spin right, Jermaine. Michael Jackson was a legitimate OG. <laughs> as soon as you did that, my mind went to Eddie Griffin's impersonation of Michael Jackson, which is hilarious. The one he did off of uh, his first special. Tell him Daddy didn't do it, Junior. Daddy didn't. Are you seen the Black Dynamite show where Mike Jackson yes. was the one abusing yes. Joe Jackson? Hilarious. <laughs> I knew that was my kid, because when he came out the room, he was too talented. <laughs> JC does not seem abused. <laughs> well, he was like, I'm going to Michael Jordan to win this. 
Michael Jordan can beat Michael Jackson up, I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, you don't know. Mike could have probably beat I think Mike could fight. There are people who, who have attested that, that Mike in, in, in person was, was a low-key gangster. Like, you shake your butt as mine. He was thugging niggas. Man, <laughs> somebody, somebody made a joke about it. This, this is how oh, good Michael hey, Jackson was. Here's another key to the, the nail the coffin. Michael Jackson introduced Wesley Snipes to the world. He gave us New Jack City. There would be no Nino Brown if it was no for no Michael Jackson saying your butt is mine. Which is the most hilarious way to start off a fight in, the, in, in all the world. They would freak your point at all. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You finish my in a subway on skates with leather on, and the first thing you say is your butt is mine. That's. <laughs> And Marshall Arthur Wesley just had to stand and take it. He said, I need this job. I don't want to work at Walmart no more. I need this job. <laughs> but all right, let's get to the, the, the second band topic. <laughs> all right, since Michael Jackson won that two to one, we'll say I'll take it. Uh, in the same vein, let's discuss who we think is the best singer out of these eight and why. Okay. All right, so. Those listening may want a pen if you need to write these down for yourself. But who's the better singer? Erica Badu. Tyrone. Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. Whitney Houston. Patti LaBelle. Love Five. Gladys Knight. Beyonce. Jill Scott. Or Shaka Khan. Oh, I, 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 was she really never going to lose? Yeah, she was originally on the list. Oh, I'm already out there. Want me to repeat that for y'all? No. Good job? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, who do you think is the better singer and why? Jason, you want to start off with this? <laughs> oh, you got it. I'm, I'm still trying to think. I was trying to, I was trying to fix my own mind, and and they was butchering we, my choice. We didn't defend her enough that you that you should be picking her. I tell you that right now. And I love Alicia. I love Alicia too. Um, I mean, like, um, you think she's a great? Thank you. She's all, she's all right. She's not that great. Um, um yeah. <laughs> It's kind of hard for me because I got I'm, I'm actually torn between two people. Who are we torn between? I'm torn with Patty because I love me some Patty. Mm-hmm. I love me some Patty. I think Patty. Number one, I think she's. I think I think Patty don't get the love that she should on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I love me some Patty. Yeah, but you know a lot of people think Reef is better than Patty. Who? A lot of people think Reef is better than Patty. Those are people. But, you know. That's why Rick is not on his list. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I never, 
She's begging food. The comments are made by Jason on his own. Do not represent. Oh, shoot. Respect on her name. Yeah, no respect on her name. Now that was clever, even though you didn't mean it to be clever. Or we took respect. That's yeah. nice. That's nice. Yeah, I, 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 I get a good one every two years. Um, it's either Patty or, of course, at least Keys. Keys shall not be there. Yeah, at least Keys. Oh. <laughs> well, here's the thing about here's the thing about this. What I love about least Keys. At least Keys. And, and her element is the best at what she do. She has she has a very. I, I need to, I, I'm gonna need to keep it fair, but I need to I need to quantify what her element is. As far as like the ability to write, play, sing, all the things that make her what she is, she makes is an is she's an amazing talent. At least she's better teacher. Um, but at least he's better than Kenny Wright. I, I, I think I gotta actually agree with that mm. statement. At least he's better than Kenny Wright. At least he's better than Now, I gotta give love to Jill and Eric Bobby. You gotta give love to them. But it's between Patty and Patty and Alicia for me. If I had to pick, I'm gonna go based upon favoritism. I'm gonna let you do that. I'm gonna give you a moment to think that over for a second. Since you narrowed it down to two, but give me a moment to think that over for a second. Especially because I don't want to see you with a black item on. You won't think it over. You know, I'm tired. JC narrows down at the very least. Narrows down to two. Oh, you go. JC, JC want to close out. He want to close out. He want to be the closer. He gonna put something together. He gonna say, "See what happened is now you got to take the education or the ratification to bring reformation." And they're going to say, and I can spell all those words. (laughs) Why did Jay say that sound and say it the way he said it? Sound like the nigga from a different color who was in jail who always said words wrong? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What we have here is a failure to lactate over. Anyway, (laughs) Um, for me, my two that I would would narrow down to is Patty Adder, not only Adder. Um, favoritism because she's one of my favorite singers of all time. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was real hard between her and Gladys, but yeah. Patty for me is my favorite. Just out of sheer favoritism, like Gladys could hang. I love Gladys, but it's her. And for me, a surprise, a surprise one when I really tried to step back and look at it objectively. Free crack Whitney. Free crack Whitney. Maya says. That even Crap Whitney could sing better than half the people. Mine is the ears check. Oh, but wait, which one, well, half the people? Yes. Half the people on this list? No. Um, but oh yeah, listen, I'll, I'll take I'll take Whitney now when she's dead, like oh. in her grave, sing me a song over most of these people who think they're singing. Solid. That's what she be singing. <laughs> Solid as a rock. <laughs> <laughs> But I, <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> Wait a minute, you can't just adore this man this shit. I'm trying to. 
You want to hijack? You want to hijack everybody's statements over here? Probably he finishes his Twizzler bites. Here's the thing about Whitney. So, the, the two major things for me in terms of Whitney, aside from just her vocal capacity, yeah, yeah, yeah. because she has she had great range, she had great energy, but great clarity when she really focused on the thing. The two things that really stuck out for me, me for Whitney is that one, Whitney took somebody's song that was already, already a famous song from a famous singer, and no one ever thinks about the fact that this is somebody else's song. And I will always love is Dolly Parton's song. Mm-hmm. And it was a famous song before Dolly Parton sang it, or when Dolly Parton sang it. Whitney got a hold of it. There's an entire generation of people that say that's Whitney Houston's song, thinking Whitney Houston wrote it. Mm-hmm. To the point that it Dolly is. Parton got up, went on an interview and said, I'm so glad I gave that song to Whitney. She sang it better than I ever could and made me more money off of it than I, than I could have ever made off of that song. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, Whitney is the only singer in the history of singers that's ever made me feel really patriotic. Oh, she sang the Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl, and for a moment, I forgot I was a black man in America. Mm-hmm. I just called myself an American for like 30 seconds. I was like, God dog. You did your USA channel? And it was, and she sang it so well, it just, her singing at the Super Bowl was, excuse me, Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl is on a CD. They sold it. Who else have they sold singing the Star Spangled Banner of? Now, you want to know who sung that song? That song made me feel like an American? Or maybe not, not, not American, made me feel like a black man? Fergie. Oh, feel like a black man? That's, yeah. that's different. Hold yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you felt like the way, the way she sang it made you feel like, feel like she's getting uh, Is it Darius' record? Is that the name? Dude, the brother Hootie and the Bullfish? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, when he sung the national anthem, that made me feel like an American. Put your hand in your heart, didn't you? Man, know? listen. He did that thing, baby. Listen. It wasn't as good. I'll pledge allegiance to the flag. Know. I liked his better. Whitney's was dope, but there is yeah. a little different. You, you, here, here's the thing with, with, with Whitney's performance. You have to encapsulate. How you going to not get encapsulated? Taking yeah. nothing in consideration of who I prefer singing the Star Spangled Banner? Yeah, Nigga, I said Darius. Here's what made, <laughs> here's what made the moment, though. The t- the I come for Darius, and Darius alone. <laughs> <laughs> The timing of, of her singing it when she sang it fresh off the board. I don't give a shit. It made it made the moment. You already you already did one. It, but it made it. With this, Whitney. Hey, this you want to be nobody. some heck of editing on this one? I ain't editing nothing. There, there's nobody to me who sang that thing better. And then Patty is just Patty. Like what can't Patty? Patty she made pause. Listen, no, we ain't gonna talk about the horrible. Pause good. Hey, pause good. You need you need a you need a real sweet potato pie. Like you need my wife to make you some For it to be brought, that was a really good pie. See a that mass, see, for mass when, when production. You, when you put the qualifier on it, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, for some mass production, mass produced pie, you act like but Ricky then it was, was but in a Walmart was, factory listen. somewhere whipping up sweet potatoes <laughs> with no, cinnamon sugar that, and all that, that kind of stuff. That ain't, no. that ain't the way niggas trying to make it sound when it first came out. Niggas trying to make it sound like it was the best sweet potato pie on the face of the planet. I mean, not. considering. No. I'd have had some of these people's grandmama's pies that they be bragging on. My wife cooks a better <laughs> my wife cooks a better pie than most niggas. Well, we ain't had just wife's pie. And you ain't. <laughs> Double entendre. But Patty is Patty, right? Patty, here's how good. <laughs> you caught it late. You caught it late. Here's how good. <laughs> I'm 
Can't let the woman go because no, Swiss married. Because you're trying to cheat on Maya with Alicia. No, I love. She's a known cheater. So, she's so not a see. known cheater. She just helped the man. She helped the man out. Yeah, she don't. She don't sing little bars. Someone to retire anything. She don't sing little bars. There's been nothing that Alicia has done that's been retired. Yeah, well, she tried to piano. I mean, I mean, her voice. Her voice after Swiss speech got a hold of it. That's a whole different story. Side note, since, since you went there, let me give you one, let me give you one to kill Alicia real quick. And I, again, I love Alicia. Tell, me, Alicia. tell me, tell me one time Creek Crack Whitney and or Patty LaBelle has ever given a performance that was off. Have we forgotten Whitney Houston's uh, funeral that Alicia sang at? I don't even watch Whitney Houston's funeral. No, look up, out. look Google or YouTube Alicia Keys singing at Whitney Houston's funeral. It might have been how it, off. She was. Now, it granted, might have she been. was sick. No, her unplugged. No, her unplugged was unplugged. But that, but that funeral performance. That live unplugged, she was off quite a few times. What are y'all talking about? We're not talking about the unplugged album. We're talking about unplugged when she was on MTV. I didn't see the MTV. See, I, I that's the problem. Y'all speak on stuff. No, she said unplugged. No, she clearly said when she was on MTV. I didn't hear and y'all jumped down her throat. I didn't all hear I heard, me. All I heard was on no, the no, but That's the problem. Yes, sir. Y'all always, hey. that's the problem with the church now. You got the amen <laughs> before the text even comes out. You know what? Wait, no, no. I <laughs> feel like we're being attacked over here. Here's the problem with the church now. What the, the problem with the church now is we got we got a bunch of folks who wait a bit until the until the until the word has been preached. And the, so they can take their little notes and then preach their piggyback stolen sermon off of it. So, no, Jason, wait a minute. Well, technically, I kind of gave my answer before the show. Yeah, we I only did. held back for y'all niggas. So, that being said. <laughs> nothing, nothing that ain't recorded don't count. Go yeah, ahead. That being said, <laughs> I'm the record glass. My narrowing down was between Whitney mm, right. and Gladys. Could you narrow down? Okay. 
I'm not. I'm not mad at that. And I couldn't. I, I. I can't. I couldn't do it between Patty and Gladys because they kind of represent the same, same, same era. So I had to. And so I went with Whitney and Gladys, and I chose Gladys because even still to this day, I feel everything that woman sings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even when she sings the Star Spangled Banner, I'm ready to go to church. Mm-hmm. She sung the Star Spangled Banner when Nickens was mad because she sung the Star Spangled Banner. In the height of Black Lives Matter, yep. she got on there and she, she said, I'm trying to bring it to a place of meaning for all of us. Uh-huh. And I said, no, Gladys, that's not what we're doing. But because I love Gladys, I tuned in and I said, well, damn, Gladys, you got me. I feel everything that she sings. Gladys can sing happy birthday to me and I'll go in and worship. Like, th- listen, when they, when they had the verses between with her and Patty, let's be honest about it. Gladys ain't missing a step to this day. At all. She still got the price. Took us down a key and still. It's still Gladys is the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly. And she's still beautiful. And she's graceful. And she got so much wisdom. Yes, she but more importantly, when she sings, my ears are all attention. So, Gladys, what's your number for J.C. Wiles can call you? Yeah, because you know, don't, 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 don't play. Gladys is a cougar me. Really? I ain't ashamed. Okay. If I wasn't married. Between her and Shirley. Caesar? Mm-hmm. Really? I love Shirley. I, I ain't go. Now, Shirley can sing to me, and Shirley can preach for me, but I, I, I ain't going to go as far as she can move. No. I just wanted to come in and come on and get the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she up there, uh, we ain't that far from Shirley. I know, man. I got to go visit. <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, man, losing. Gladys is like, man, for real. Her I voice her voice is it's, it's, it's timeless. It hasn't aged, and she can still do what she was doing 40, 50 years ago with her voice. It's just, when she got big, when she go, I'm going to cry and cry. I know you are. Like, when Aretha died, I didn't feel nothing. Yeah, I didn't feel nothing. Like Patty and Gladys, It was bro, just a Tuesday. I'm going to be. Pat, with Patty and Gladys, though, it's, it's the end of a generation. That's an yeah. era. It's, it's yeah. bad. Yeah. All right, Jay, you got, I gave you some time. Now, who's who, who your... I am going to go with Patty. Just because. Smart man. Because for the Reese's Peas episode, so for the shoot of that for Reese's Peas, you had to. I promise you, I'd have burned the entire complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> wow, now you gonna throw the complex on the <laughs> These views apparently just messed my mind. <laughs> 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 With that patty, patty that all that, and she made it very popular. I don't care what Jesse said. She uh, had Patty tied. Uh, and patty. and she had one. Her and Gladys had one of the best verses. There was. Listen, what 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 do you put Patty on? That's not good. And in, no, she was great on Sesame Street. Yeah. And in the same vein, you can't put nothing. 
can't put glass on nothing that's not great. Like those mm-hmm. are that they, they are iconic under themselves, which is why I had to make sure I try to put some other icons in their own right on the list some kind of way <clears> to <throat> top kind of balance <clears throat> out. But, but you know who the wild card in that list is? Shaka Khan's. She's the wild card in the list. Now let's not bring. Is she not in the list? But or did you bring her up? Shaka Khan. No, she's on the list. No, I brought her up. She's on that list? Yeah, yeah, she's on this list. I don't remember you saying Shaka Khan. I, I, I said, I don't remember Shaka Khan being on the list. Take, take, a, take a look at my screen. I ain't but you didn't say her earlier. Yes, you said, Gary Badu, Jill Scott, Whitney, Gladys. I'm going to prove how I know I did it. You weren't here for this, but Maya, you were. I asked your husband. I gave him a list of three, four people because I, I needed an eighth person. Yeah, but just J C told me when we first talked about the show. Wait a second, I'm gonna tell you how I know I brought brought them up. I'm gonna tell you how I know I said I said the name, and I know because I know the discussion that happened. No, I, you said, know what? I'm gonna tell you how I know you didn't say it because said, it would have been Shaka no Khan. debate. Everybody knows I love Shaka Khan. <laughs> now, everybody knows Your there is a- nobody about when I hear her name, Listen. I get moist. Don't know. Don't everybody knows. Wait a minute. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Let the breeze pass that. <laughs> Exactly. This nigga tried to tell me he read off a list of names. 
Shocker, and you barely heard Jill Scott's name. Well, I 
heard you. I was weird. Here's, here's what here's what happened. I mentioned Beyonce, and the first thing out of your mouth was, "There ain't nobody picking Beyonce." And he jumped off and said, "Well, Beyonce can't sing." And then you defended Beyonce, and then you jumped to Patty Ver- Patty and Gladys Knight are your two front runners because of how great they are, and it's hard to pick between two of them. And then we started to talk about them. And you started to get already dropped shoulder. all the names by then. That's what I'm saying. But you missed Shaka because you jumped on Beyonce. I didn't miss Shaka. <laughs> miss Shaka. Ain't no way I missed Shaka. And while he was Ain't in the no midst. Ain't no way in hell, Jesse. I missed Shaka. <laughs> he missed Shaka. <laughs> he missed Shaka. Oh, and you shit. better not delete this because I want people to know that I am outraged. I am be upset. Out, be outraged. Because this nigga be is lying in the spirit. Be bamboozled. And be run amok. Let us pray. Be all of them. Are real. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's, you just jump into an African dialect? <laughs> Sound like Will Smith on concussion. <laughs> <laughs>
So, so here, here's what we do just, just, just for a quick, quick aside focus. Let's take the icons out. So we take Shaka out, we take Gladys out, we take Caddy out. Oh, you who's, my the, who's the next best? Least Keys. Least Keys. Whitney. Are we, are you said icon, right? Or was that's, Whitney? that's what we're taking the icons Ain't off. Whitney an icon? Whitney's a legend. She's not an icon. Oh, so you I took her out? No, no. Oh, wait a minute. I'm only taking out the icons, which are Shaka, So Whitney's Gladys, an icon. Whitney is not a, she's a legend. Whitney's an icon. Nah, dog. Here, and here's why she, here's why she Whitney's up there with the patties and the no, gladdises no, no, and the No, dog, don't you ever blast Whitney is like every that. woman. Listen, here is why Whitney's up there with I feel like anybody who had a notable song that transcends generations is considered an icon. I give it legend. And shots. so for me, that takes off Shaka Khan. That takes off Gladys. Gladys gone. That takes off Patty. Patty's gone. That's what, that's what and that takes off Whitney. Whitney here's, here's what. Wait. No, no. She had I'm Every Woman. It Here, even takes off Alicia. Here, here's why. And, and that's one of the reasons why I can't use your criteria because Alicia is by far nowhere near. Like, Alicia hasn't even reached Kid Rock said. Kid Rock said if they have a I Love Rock and Roll. Or we gonna say crack smoking kids rock with violence. Yes, because he had a valid point. <laughs> I because everybody was trying to put Beyonce up there on this plat platform, and Kid Rock said, "Does she have a I Love Rock and Roll?" She does not have one song that people are going to be singing for generations to come. Which where, he's where, got that. Where, where I agree with I don't that even think Beyonce has sampling music. Well, I also agree with what that. What music can, can can you sample from Beyonce? All her music is sampled. Listen, where I also agree with that point, with that portion of the point, I don't agree with it in totality because, and here's why. Here's why Whitney is legend to me and not icon. When you think about Shaka, bump that. When you think about when you think about Shaka, that's good. No, no, that was on Oprah. When you think about Shaka, it don't get no bigger than that. When you think about Shaka, when you think about Gladys, when you think about Patty. Tell me when they have ever fallen off. Man, you can't put Whitney in. You can't bring that crap. Yeah, yeah. Because, Just because, because see, that's the, the problem with no, some no. of y'all church folks. Y'all try to use people's uh, 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 afflictions and, no, no. And, and proclivities against them. Listen. The Just because she had a crack. The this, this coming from the Just dude who said that you can't be a prophet and have a sex Just because her picture can go next to Orange Panther on the, on the, uh, on the soda machine. This coming from the nigga who said you can't have a sexual uh, have a sexual issue and be a prophet. Talking about you supposed to proclivities against him. Listen, that's different. The, the, there is a separate. We are talking a, about a, secular singers. <laughs> <laughs> you brought the church into it, but listen, there, 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 there has to be a line that separates icon from legend. If the line is only that you have a a, a song. That, is that, icon. That she is the voice. But wait, here's, yeah. here, wait, here's the question. She is though. the voice. Her no. voice is icon. But answer, answer the question. Like, there's no, nobody no, no, else wait, wait, that we mentioned between Patty, Gladys, or anybody that, 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 that people say is the voice. Hold up. Watch this. A answer this for me. Then. And she's so smooth wait, wait, with wait, it. Wait. Answer this for me. And effortless. Answer this for me, then. If Whitney is an icon, what is the line of separation between icon and legend? Because a legend is not an icon. 
times are greater than legends. So what makes what's, what in your mind is the difference between a lie between an icon and a legend? Because for me, one of the differences is as an icon, you've never had a, a bad performance. Name me a bad Patty LaBelle performance. Name me a bad shot. Patty ain't never smoked no crack. I don't care what your, I don't care what your issue is or why. What whenever those lights was on and the people was present. I guess now you're gonna tell me that Eddie King ain't an icon. Uh, uh, listen, because he had one, two, when, he's alcoholic now. <laughs> what is? I you see you do all that talking and dancing, but ain't answer the crazy. question. What in your mind then separates legend from icon? She is an icon. No, no, no. I ask, is she an icon? I ask, what separates so, icon okay, and so, the separation, so, so the separation, the separation is between being remembered and being revered. Yeah. Whitney was revered. She is revered. More people remember good Whitney than bad Whitney. More people remember, yeah. more people remember when, good Whitney. The fact that you have to qualify good Whitney versus bad Whitney. But you don't even have to qualify worth, good Whitney versus bad Whitney. Most people look at Whitney and they see a season of struggle, but they do not allow that. You're the only person that I've ever heard put Whitney's struggle in the same con- ca- ca- conversation and it take away or diminish because, her legacy. Because well, here's her, her so struggle here's the affected her group. So here's the thing about, here's the thing about, here's the thing about, she was just struggling and the I look to if she was just struggling but here's and the, had the addiction issue and, and it didn't affect her voice, but then, 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 Stop singing while you want crack then. You ain't never smoked weed. Because the, so. mo- the moment you well, because put, the if moment you don't, you don't so, so, performance, so, here, so, whole, so, so here's the thing. About, if you leave Whitney in the, in the, in the category, she's going to win. Ain't nobody going to pick over nobody over Whitney. You're not going to pick Beyonce over Whitney. You're not going to pick Keys. You're not going to pick Jill Scott. You're not going to pick Eric Badu over Whitney. Whitney's going to win that hands down. To make it competitive, you got to take Whitney out. It's not a matter of fact. Listen. I, I can take her out in order to make it competitive in your in your eyesight. That's not my issue though. My first statement was I was going to take the icons out. To me, and Whitney is an icon. Whitney she's is not icon. an icon. She is a legend. I think she's an icon. And she's legendary. She's icon. But because if Shaka's icon, you gotta say Whitney. Nah, Shaka's never had a bad performance. Whitney really never I've had never a never heard Shaka's voice be bad. Whitney never really had a bad performance. You a lie. She, she was really... on the BET Awards and forgot the words to her own song. No. Jamie Foxx has a whole set about it. I watched the BET Awards when she did it. She yeah. forgot the words to her own song, but barely hold her big head up. Sorry, so so all right, so let's just say we we exclude icons and legends. Like I said, I'll remove Whitney so that it can be competitive. But my point was, yeah, she's one. still not a, she's still not to me an icon. She's a legend. There's so who do we got legend. left now that Whitney's gone? All right, now that we got, now that we got a legend we got gone. But wait, here's the, here's the question. Hold on, because because if I'm gonna remove Whitney, who's a legend, you gotta remove Erica Badu, who's also a legend. What? She ain't no legend. Like Erica Badu had one one good album. She ain't no better than what she, you, you say. So you say Erica Badu's on the same level as Whitney? There, there are levels to legendary. You smoking the same crap Whitney smoking? 
There are, <laughs> level, there, are level, there are levels to legendary. Man, get are, out of there here. There are a multiplicity of people who All right, so for the sake of argument, we take she Eric. She is not on Whitney's level. She ain't on I didn't say on her level. I said she's Eric a legend. Eric is right where she there belongs, are, there are, down there with Jill <laughs> Scott and, and Alicia Keys. There are levels to legendary, like there are levels in the Hall of Fame. You this can't say that Eric Badu is even a bigger legend than Alicia Keys. No, you cannot. Yes, you can. How? Erica Badu is How? what? First of all, based off of, off of even you, your definition of legendary, Erica Badu is more recognizable. Erica Badu. Nah. Before Alicia Keys got on the voice, Erica Badu was more recognizable. Before she got on the voice, are you crazy? Yes. Bruh. Before she got, before Bruh. she got on, if you st- if more you people know Alicia Keys than Erica Badu. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, because the voice. No, the voice. Not at all. If I Got You was one of the most probably recognizable songs in her catalog. Not more recognizable than You Better Call Tyrone. Are you smoking? That was recognizable to niggas. (laughs) (laughs) White folks were singing You Better Call Tyrone. Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your sanctified mind? Alicia Keys' music been recognized across generations since she came came out. out. Since 2000. What Tyrone? Like I said, Erica Badu had one banging out. What has she done since Baduism? What has she done since Baduism? Listen. I mean, if you want to be all the way, like, for real, anybody can even sound like Erica Badu. I know people that used to do talent shows. That wasn't your criteria for I'm just saying. Okay. Your criteria was. But she's not a legend. She's not a legend. She got one album. Alicia, Alicia Keys is more of a legend. Lauren Hill is more of a legend than Eric Badu. That's true. Now that I'll give you. That's and right. I'm not a Lauren Hill fan. Actually, I'm not an Eric Badu fan. I'm not, even giving, I'm not even giving Eric Badu the edge over Jill Scott. No. 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 As a, are we talking legendary? We're talking, we're, talking about, we're talking about body of work. Yeah, Jill oh, Scott. Body of work. Body, body, of, work, work, body of work is different. Vocals. Body of work. Jill Scott's a better singer. But, one, but yeah. one, when you when And better performer. What, what? And better performer. Yeah, she definitely but, got that performance thing. <laughs> 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 yeah, she, she definitely got that. <laughs> but that wasn't conversation. That wasn't the conversation. Performance vocals. We were talking legendary. But for the sake, for the sake, of keep the peace. I keep Erica on there. I still think Erica's a legend. Okay, so left on the list is legend Erica Badu, Alicia Keys, Beyonce, and Jill Scott. What's Keys? I got Alicia. You gotta got go. Alicia. You gotta go, Alicia Keys. So the body of work is there. She's the most recognizable artist. She's the most the recognizable. She's the most versatile. She gave that's New York a whole anthem. That's not the question. Yeah. The question was better singer. What did that? What? That was all, that's always been the question. Okay, okay. We, we, got, we got to the argument better, okay, about better singer. Better singer. Jill all right. Jill Scott. Jill Scott. That's why when y'all was like Alicia Keys, I was like, really? Jill Scott. Yeah, I was going to say Jill Scott. I was going to say Jill Scott. But I was, that's why I was like, yeah. really, Alicia Keys? Oh, Jill God. Scott, hands down. We thought you were But Erica Badu was not a bigger legend than Alicia Keys. See, that that was yeah, a, that, 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 that became a separate conversation. Yeah, well, let's desegregate them. Put them together. Now you want to talk about you go to hell if you think that, <laughs> that Erica Badu was more now, religious now than Alicia Keys. Now, if I, if not if to I be honest, you'll, but, you'll be dead well but to be to, but to, to be honest, totally totally honest, out of those four, Alicia Keys is the biggest legend. Out of those four left, yeah, she's the biggest legend. 
Beyonce's on this list? Yeah, she's a legend to niggas. No, Beyonce is a, is a legend worldwide. She, she, when she died, she is not going to be remembered 20 years from now. She, there's no music that she's going to be hold. They will remember her as a person, but as far mm-hmm. as her music, ain't nobody going to be singing Beyonce's music. She ain't got. No, she yeah, don't even have. Wait, she wait, don't wait, even wait. have a, a, a Leah caliber hits. Yeah. Listen, I'm not. I'm not disputing. You hear what I'm not, I'm, not dis- I'm not disputing that. Ain't take nothing but a number. I'm not disputing that. Those those are legendary hits. I'm not. I'm not disputing. Dangerously that love ain't gonna cut it. <laughs> love on top ain't gonna cut it. I'm not single ladies ain't gonna cut it unless it's the gay community. They love that song. I'm not disputing that point either. The the statement was that Beyonce. Is not is not a bigger legend, and based off of even using your definition, memorability, you will remember Beyonce. And here's why you'll remember Beyonce. And this is an argument that's used from not just ignorant folk on the Beehive; it's used across music. Period. People have called unnecessarily Beyonce this generation's Michael Jackson because people have done it because of. No, no, it ain't just niggas. People have, and here's why they've said it. They talked about they talked about her performance value. They talk about the way her fans have entreated her and what happens at her concerts. They talk about her work ethic. All the things all that, right, that so, a lot so of things that they might have. give a better concert to Beyonce. Yeah, so how you been? How you been? How you been to a Beyonce concert? I've not been to none of these Negroes. Okay, I've been to all. Do I've been to. I've like been to all four. See, that's why I don't like having discussions with you. You ain't got no history. See, I've been. Listen, so I've been. To, I've been. I've been to all. I've been to all four. You got the experience. Yeah, I've been. I've been all four. I've been. We are. We are having these discussions from a place of experience and enjoyment and entertainment, like. Look, I've been I've been to all four concerts. Alicia Keys has the best show after all four. Next to Jill Scott, her and Jill Scott are even. Her and Jill Scott are even. Jill Scott puts on a heck of a show. Here's 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 issue with the Erica Badu show is kind of you got to be in a certain mind space. Here's here's the issue that that with the same with the really it's the same issue with the entire discussion of Cash Day. Better show is a subjective statement. I mean, better singer. but the thing is, the thing is that Jill Scott. Jill no Scott, show, better show. Jill Scott and Alicia Keys, they give the performances they give while singing live. Yeah. Beyonce is one hell of a lip singer. Yeah, she ain't singing live. One hell, like there if, are some that you, say she sings live. Like I, again, I'll, I ain't she can, her, but to do all that she's doing she on that stage live. and to be able to sing without being out of breath or huffing and puffing even in the slightest bit, Janet did just and not, does it. Not happening. No, Janet, Janet, Janet be breathing hard too. Yeah, you can tell when Janet's out of breath or when she's overworking herself. Beyonce never out of breath. She is clearly, and, the, and here's how I know: did under on the run too in Houston, Houston. Yeah. and did it. Uh, what was the other place? We was another. We went to another one in another state. But they, they went to identical. Yep. Vocally, and see, I went to another one because. I'm a technical person like that. Mm-hmm. I was the first one I went to was in Houston. It was a great show, but I was more fascinated Jay-Z. with the technological aspect. This nigga Jay-Z was spitting with live fire on his face. What graphic effect? Who was working the <laughs> graphics back there to be able to make that happen? Mm-hmm. You can pull it up on YouTube. Jay-Z was fire, live fire on his face. Mm-hmm. 
was more impressed by I, that's why I had to go see it again because I'm like, okay, I need to go enjoy the concert this time because I am just outdone by the technology mm-hmm. that went into this production. Jay Z mm-hmm. puts on a heck of a show, by the way. Yes, very yeah, much I, so. I, and, I, and, and he's that, not yeah. lip syncing. Yeah, no, he's all alive. Yeah, he's all And he gives you three hours. Jay Z so, gives you three hours. Identical vocals both nights. Identical to the T. So, here, so here's the thing, though. And Alicia Keys has just got. Alicia's always sings live, no matter how much of this But she's also not doing the the same work, the same type of work on stage to give a performance at a Beyonce. Yes, she is. She's doing more. She has to play, sing, choreograph. That's way more than Alicia. Uh, No, no, no. Now, physically, physically, she's not doing what Beyonce's doing. Do you know? Do you understand how much energy it it, it takes to dance? But she does give a more soulful performance. I give her that. And now, now to, to play and sing is difficult, but my oldest brother, who was nowhere near the polish that Alicia Keys is, did a concert for me and played for played and sang for an hour and a half straight, no break. Yeah, Alicia Keys does about two so, hours. So, 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 so to play, well, what I'm saying is to play and to sing at the same time is not it doesn't expend as much energy but as if even you... lip singing and dancing at the same time. Well, so, so here's your, so, but here's the thing: it's hard, it's hard even to bake that with you, if you ain't never been to none of these people's shows. No, no. but 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 what, I, what I'm talking, what, no, no, what, what, what I'm debating in terms of that, in terms of that regard is, you said what makes it a better show, is that because because Alicia and and Jill, they're always singing, and they give a better show as a result of it. But my no, my Jill got to, Jill, my, my Jill got a whole theatrical thing she's doing. My my counter to that was though, is that Beyonce, she is expending more energy doing what she's doing. Well, she, so it so her dance her her dance performance, to me, just knowing what it, what it takes to dance. Period. Mm-hmm. Her dance performance trumps Alicia's playing in terms of a performance factor because it takes more to do it. Mm-hmm. It takes more training. And 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 uh, probably more concentration to play and sing at the same time, but to move from one side of the stage to the other as much as Beyonce does and do all the garbage that she do as quickly as she does and all the gyrate and all that garbage she does, that energy expended is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So that's why I asked. So what? If you're going to say it gives a better performance. Categorize what what in your mind makes it a better performance. That for me, what for, she for does. me, and this I think JC would agree. I'm gonna say the man whose names cannot be R. Kelly. R. Kelly won the best performance ever. The man's gonna sing three hours. Man will be a heck of a show. He gonna sing his heart out everything. R. Kelly do all that dance moves, but it still be one of the best shows you ever seen. Kelly, and, and, uh, 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 that man also used to have a bunch of theatrical along with his stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, but still, the end of the day, as far as, far as this, I respect somebody who has taken the time to actually sing your catalog and do your craft. The, all that dancing and stuff, that's cool, but, you know, Beyonce is more of a pop crowd, and you kind of need that to happen. That's why Michael Jackson is more of a pop crowd, so he had these little theatrical things. But you talking about soulful and just downright talent, you gotta go with Jill. You gotta go with the Alicia's. Even Erica Badu, 
So, but, but they and and I mean they're singing for two three hours. But bring you know what I'm saying, right? Because at least the catalog consists of at this point. But bringing it back to the the origin of this this debate, discussion, banter, whatever, none of that makes him a bigger legend. Well, at least he's, he's he's a bigger legend because her music will be remembered. More people will remember at least he's catalog than will be remembered by himself. That's hands down. Here's why. Here's more why people remember Empire State as, of Mind. As much as much as Empire State of Mind alone will be more remember any anything else to be honest. As much as I love Alicia, I'm gonna tell you why I disagree with that. You telling me? I'm, tell I'm, tell wait, me wait, one wait, song wait, that wait, Beyonce wait, got that stands up against Empire State of Mind. It's not about the individual song, but I'm gonna tell you why I disagree mm-hmm. that that Alicia will be remembered more than Beyonce. Right. That's what I said. Beyonce. I'm gonna tell you why I disagree with that. Oh, Alicia, she will be. Beyonce as a whole entity, the things the things that she's been first at, the records that she has broken with her stuff, will, will cement her longer term than Alicia. Beyonce will be the answer to trivia questions. Alicia will not. I don't know about that one. If, 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 if Beyonce died now, 20 years from now, she'll be remembered she'll be as a person. But she, she won't be, be, she, will, be she will not have the Michael Jackson impact of longevity. No one's going to have the Michael Jackson But I'm saying is that you, but, but the statement was that she's the Michael Jackson of this generation. I said that's what people say. Yeah, I don't saying, believe it. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm saying. I'm not that, I'm not that. If, I'm if, not they, that both, if they both passed away today, people are going to still be saying Empire State of Mind. They're going to be still saying, if I don't got you out of anything, I think if I got fallen. I think you underestimate Those hits are timeless. Really what song can you play from Beyonce at a wedding anniversary, I really or a, or I a, or, a, or, a, or, a, or even at the mall? I still think you underestimate Beyonce's global impact. Beyonce, at least she has a global impact. I still think you Beyonce doesn't have an anthem. I didn't say that. <laughs> she don't have an anthem song out there. She doesn't have global impact. I didn't say that Beyonce has, has an anthem. I said I think you underestimate her global <laughs> impact. So. So what you mean by global impact? <laughs> when you talk about global impact, when you the bomb. When I say global impact, Beyonce is is. Hear how I phrase this because I don't mean it literally, mm-hmm. but I have to use the wording to make it make sense. Beyonce has the same kind of flocking to her. That Michael Jordan did in his heyday during the Olympics. When Beyonce goes places, she goes across the across the world in different countries or whatever. They flock to her. They run to her in droves. I've seen Alicia Keys get off a plane in other countries, and they don't flock. I I worked at the Pittsburgh airport. I were I I worked at the Pittsburgh airport, and Alicia Keys was there, mm-hmm. and nobody recognized her. But there's a lot of celebrities. First of all, there's a lot of celebrities. This, this was shortly after her second album. Nobody recognized. her. I recognized her because she has a smile that's ridiculous. Her smile for me is is I can I can her second smile. album. Yeah. What year was that? That would have been 2004. Her second album around 04. Four years from now. The point still stands. Not happening. Yeah. I've watched Alicia get off a plane.
Chinese who go to other countries in recent memory. And the people on that block. When did her. you go to uh, 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 I didn't say. Just because you seen a clip of her getting off the airport and ring ding up. Uh, 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 boy, Jesse, you're going to make me cuss. Again. Jesse over here. All his commentary coming from things that he saw on media. All your commentary coming from your opinion, bro. I'm telling you. I've seen these people in person. You over here giving us media takeout opinions. Have you shaved? Media takeout ain't irrelevant no more. They got shade room. Have you shaken these people's hands? Have you shaken these people's hands? Absolutely, actually. And got a little, little known fact, I actually worked with her on her Unplugged album as an engineer in the studio with her long nights for months at a time. Anything else? Jay is, Jay is a friend of y'all's I am. I, I, bring that up, I bring that up only as a call to say, she need a you say I'm, I'm bringing really clips. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Right. You got hold another phone friend? Hold on, wait. I got a phone friend. You don't want to hear from the friend more people. Right, right. This is good. This is good. Oh, God. This is good. You call Lisa Keys? Hold on. You call Lisa Keys? If you call Lisa Keys, tell her you know. Hey. Who's that? Why is she not answering the phone? I'm trying to call my mama so, I can, wow. so, I, so she can give y'all the breakdown. I thought somebody was know how I was her personal no, guest I no, at I the Grammys no, no, no. and to Clive Davis' Grammy no, no. party. I believe Clive that Davis? you listen. I believe. That you did it. That's not my point. I asked a question because I was because I have met her. He was, you know, so, was TSA. so saying he was TSA so, for a minute. So, so saying that my opinion is invalidated because there are things I have seen and I've watched over time, and I've never met these people is inaccurate. So did you give her a word when you met her? When you took her? When you shook her hand? No, I shook her hand because she was a celebrity and she was. Beautiful, and I wanted to meet her. She is beautiful. And I saw, and I listen. That smile was. I don't I'm understand how folks recognize the smile. The smile was ridiculous. But, but I mean, my but point here's is another thing too. When celebrities are in those type of situations, they're not trying to be recognized either. You know what I'm saying for security there, there purposes. Is, there and stuff. is not trying to be recognized, and there is I recognize you even if you're not trying to be recognized. But there's times there are some know. there are some celebrities who they can't do these things. Period. Because they will always be recognized. No matter. As much as I don't like Kim Kardashian, there's not too many places she can go incognito. People will still recognize, oh, God, that's Kim Kardashian, and run to her. David Letterman for white folks can do the same. Can't do, he, he can't go. He grew a whole Santa Claus beard. People still know that's doggone David Letterman. Yeah, people ain't running to David Letterman right now. Recognize it. That's what I said. I said nah, but I mean, ain't nobody running to David Letterman. He, I mean, he can I, fly a coat and be okay. I said, recognize, I said, recognize. Like, I was, said, a, I was on a plane with Clark Kellogg. Again, I said, recognize. Here are the words I use. I said, recognize. He's a sportscaster. Recognize. So you don't he, think Clark Kellogg is recognized? I, what I said was, there are certain celebrities who can't go anywhere because they will be recognized no matter what they put on, no matter how much they try to not, try to not be seen. Yes, celebrities go places and try to be incognito so they don't get recognized. But there's some, doesn't matter what they do, they will mm. always be recognized. That was my point in saying that. So who do you, so you don't, so you're, you're basing your theory on, because she went to the airport and no one really recognized her. No, I'm saying that's why I'm she's saying, not I'm the saying same that, at no, that, that, that at almost no point in Beyonce's career could she ever not be recognized. At no point in Beyonce's career will she, will she, will she ever not be remembered as what she is. You like think Destiny Child, Beyonce? Her records, 
her, her, the records that she has broken, the first thing, the first that she has done, will cause her harm to be listed to live in infamy continually. She will be the answer to trivia questions, where you have to actually be a abusive lover to really know Alicia Keys, like you to to, to really, except for the New York anthem, which is absolutely factual. But the New York anthem really only means something to New York folks, and mostly New York black folks, because New York white folks are still playing, start spreading the news. But I mean, if you have, if you don't have, if you uh, if you ain't got, I can't spot right now. If you have, if if I don't have you. That song was probably one of the most played. My boo, one of the, my boo is probably one of the most played songs right now. <laughs> you can't go listen to Weep without hearing my boo. <laughs> my boo gets more airplay than Crazy in Love. That might be one of the best. That might be one of the best songs ever made. Actually, too. Triple Two. My boo. You don't think so? Oh, man, she got Empire State of Mind and Girl on Fire. Well, I'm talking about outside, outside of those. He's talking, he's talking about non-anthem songs. Um, no, I said non-anthem songs. I, I don't um, know what I, what I said. Um, if I ain't got you, it's better than my boo. Well, there, like, there, there are, there are very, I, I can't really think of a song that Beyonce has that's better than Alicia. I'm an Alicia Keys fan. Her songs, but, yeah. But, that the, but, that the, but just because I'm a fan of her it doesn't, doesn't mean I'm not objective in my statement that Beyonce, in terms of legendary status, is a bigger legend, huh? Because because he, he's over, he's overlooking in Michigan. A lot of speculation going on around here. Yes, that's that's only because Chuck Tom was mentioned. You still you still got. Well, I mean, Michigan over here, we dominating the um, game. By the way, for those who want to know, we're winning thirty to ten. Thirty to ten. Thirty one to ten. I'm sorry. Oh, y'all y'all finally decided to score some extra points against the team. We won our game today. You know, some people <laughs> well, can't be well, winners. We lost by seven, seven to a top twenty-five I team. Was, that, that, I was going to make. I was going to make. I'm fan. I was going to make the argument for you. Well, and a lot of folks don't know. This is a good Washington team. This is a very good Washington. Dangerous what, what team. Is, They're they won. They lost last week too. Yeah, wait, but they're dangerous. What is Washington rank? They're dangerous. They're, they're, no, no, no. What, dangerous. no, no. What, what are they ranked? Let's just say they ain't ranked high enough for their score, <laughs> their game to have been posted in the top twenty-five. So they're they're game, for, so Washington's a dangerous. Y'all win this game and still not enter the top twenty-five. We might. No, we might. You won't. You won't. We might. We should. We should. No, be, not, we should not, at all. not at all. We should. We should. I'm gonna make a campaign. You beat up on a middle school football team. What no, this is a dangerous about? team. This team is very dangerous. Yeah, because they almost beat y'all, but to the rest of the, to the, rest the, of the top 25, they almost beat us. We, we controlled the whole game. Let me go ahead and end this doggone podcast. We can talk. You know, you know, you know what you know they got in Washington? Seagulls. We're going to go ahead and close They got seagulls in there. This doggone podcast. They could have. haven't been on the band. I didn't mean for us to go an hour and a doggone half on the band, though. That was a good band. Could have poked our eyeballs out. JC, tell the folk with him. He just did. Just a little bit more. Tell the folks, tell the folks, JC, where they, where they can contact you after you clean yourself up. You're just kind of sticky over here. <laughs> Y'all gross. Um, you don't want, no, you don't want to say you got moist from her name. You opened yourself up to all of that. Y'all so fascinated. Y'all keep bringing it up. I've never heard a man say that they get moist from a, from a woman's name. Yeah. I've never heard a man say they really get moist, period. 
So, so. Uh, you can find me. I am JC Wallace, either on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. I don't be on Twitter, so Instagram or Facebook. I don't be on Instagram either. Twitter is a horrible place to be. And Twitter is where the saints go to act up. That's the only reason why I'm on there. I go on there to see what the church folks talking about because they be trying to act all holier than now. Yes, uh, you can come and visit us every Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m. and 3845 North Drews Hills Road. North Drews Hills? Yeah. yeah. Is that said it right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Druid Hills Road. All right, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I just know how to get there. I'm, just, I'm paying attention to the greatest team in history winning. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Facebook, J Y J O R D A N, or you can follow me on. Or on Facebook, I. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know. I don't know who I Y F Church is. I don't have no affiliation with that individual. They just a very great supporter. Great supporter. Recall you sending me an email from I Y F Church at gmail.com. Yeah, that's my secondary email. That's my secret. Because sometimes, you know, people forget freak that when I send them my AOL email. Yeah, I do. So I still have anyway. AOL email. Very First of all, Dick Cheney's born the same day I am, and so is Kristen Bell. Not me, I'm the same person. I don't think, I don't think you want to uh, claim those two. That's the only two biggest names. Well, Dick Cheney that... makes sense, actually. Yeah. Because he's a liar and shoot people in the face. Mm-hmm. I never shot nobody in the face legally. I mean, but you, you've been razzled down you close enough. Yeah. I lied to. Yeah. I'm lying. Yeah. I'm lying. I call it hey, what, what did you post the other day? Jay Jordan over here saying mm. that, uh, Jay Jordan over here saying that if you need, if you want a word of prophecy, pray, and then gets on Facebook <laughs> Live and gets three words of prophecy to folks. I said three words. I had three, three tips. <laughs> Sounds like a lie. So <laughs> I call it I call it creative truths. Now Talk. you sound like Donald Trump. So if you want to find billions of people love me on Facebook, um, at, at, at hey, yeah. Facebook page, that's how you can get a hold of me. Don't don't, don't try to. Um, hey, I just want to put this out there. If Trump wants a running mate, call me. We gonna continue this. I'm in. You can also find me on Twitter at Real High Parade, much like JC. I'm not really on Twitter. It's just, I, I just have it. Um, you on Twitter? Also, I'm banned from Twitter. I got banned from Twitter. You can also <laughs> you can also follow me on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Um feel free to follow the, the Real Talk Facebook page at the Real Talk Facebook. Um, also keep in keep in mind coming here real soon, Real Talk is gonna have a YouTube page. Uh, we will also put up some of the videos from the banter. Start and then over time we're gonna wind up putting up full, uh, full episodes of Real Talk. So you'll be able to catch us on that as well. Uh, if you have any, if you have any topics you would like to suggest, please feel free to email us at realtalkhtm at gmail.com. That's realtalkhtm at gmail.com. Uh, and well, I'm still trying to get the, the let's talk segment off the ground, but looks like y'all don't want it, so I guess I'll can it. <laughs> so remember, no matter what the question may be in your life, God is the answer. Seek Him. Always keep it real. It's been the real talk, talk podcast. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Which keys? Huh. This is real talk. Real talk radio.
is real talk. High praise ministries presents real talk, real talk. This is real talk. Real talk radio. This is real talk. High praise ministries presents real talk, real talk. Real talk. 